Welcome to The Devil's Cut, a podcast about all the things that go bump in the night. If it's spooky, scary, or spine tingling, we're here to talk about it. I'm Matt Young, your resident man-boy possessed by a devil, and I'm here with the skeleton everyone should want in their closet, Eric Rossi. Hey, Eric. How are we doing tonight? Hello, hello, hello. Are you excited? Today is our our second inaugural, well, I guess third, technically, if we don't count the uh, Amityville catastrophe, our third (laughs) inaugural... uh, in-person podcast so so this will be it's good here let's you know what oh, we, we can we've do an never actual... been able to do this oh and we got the Ready? new we got the new oh with uh... our new whiskey glasses that we got for the not your and mine wedding but me and <laughs> me and spooky fiance's <laughs> wedding. A little, a little sip audio yeah that's what they come that's what the listeners come for is the asmr <sighs> two white guys drinking asmr <laughs> I mean, there's an audience for everything, but <laughs> some are much smaller than others. Catch I, us I, I on OnlyFans. <laughs> All right. Only hands? <laughs> um, mm. But <laughs> that has to be a real one, right? Only hands? <laughs> um, All right. So we are back this week with a, with a more standard episode for us yes we we already told uh listeners last week we were going to be or the last podcast we were going to be doing this and um, the one before that and the one before that we just it's been foretold we've been it's <laughs> the spirits have foretold it <laughs> uh, well we were waiting because for whatever reason this movie ended up taking like a long time to come uh, contrary to like every other movie nowadays which comes out like almost instantly yeah. onto video on demand uh, talk to me, which is what we'll be talking about this week. Like, kind of waited for a while, took its time to get to fucking Amazon so I could rent it, you know. But uh, but it's finally here, everybody, and we can talk about it because for the same reason we talked about last episode, uh, this is an A24 movie, and A24 because they're an awesome company is not a struck studio. No, they came to an agreement, from what I understand, with yes. the Writers Guild. And SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, they had their demands, and A24 was like, these all sound very reasonable, uh, and we would happily grant you what we think is is an equitable <laughs> resolution to this problem. Uh, Money. Yeah, very. this all seems very simple. Uh, I don't know why anybody, any other studio can't figure it out, uh, but A24 did it, so... <laughs> uh, so we're able to talk about A24 movies. Also, this is not even in... American no, produced movie. This is an Australian movie, so du- double jeopardy. We can do. We can talk <laughs> about. It. I don't think you know what double jeopardy means. <laughs> but uh, but no, we can. We so we can talk about. Um, we can talk about. Talk to me. Uh, so I guess let's just uh, you know get into our feelings about it. Why don't you? Because you saw it first. You actually saw it like way before I did. Yes, I saw it in theaters. Yeah. So so you're. You watched it with me recently. That was sort of a refresh for you, but you've you've had a longer time to sit on it. So, uh, I I really liked it. Um, I I was really worried about it going in because everybody uh, like in the media was like punching it up to as like this is the scariest movie of the year. This is the the you know the 
scariest movie I've seen in a decade, all this shit. And every time I hear that, I, like, take a huge <laughs> spoonful of skepticism. And I'm like, well, it's probably not good, that means. Uh, but it was. It, it was really good. It was really fun. I think for a movie to kind of come out in the fuck around and find out subgenre that it that it's in <laughs> you know alongside like ouija board movies and shit like yeah, that yeah it is like that I, I i think it does a lot to really kind of break the mold and uh stand out on its own i i think it's a lot of fun and for the first time in a while there was a lot of teenagers on screen who sounded like real humans and not like 50 and 30 year olds writing teenagers well, and yeah, and not only like fifty-year-olds writing teenagers, but thirty-year-olds playing teenagers mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. They used actual teenagers in this in this movie, which turns out really works when Who'd they're thunk? when they're trying to be teenagers. Who'd have thunk that teenagers look and sound like teenagers? It's the same effect that made me appreciate uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Yes, because. The, Everyone in there, I mean, you know, they, they weren't teenagers, but they were all, uh, they were all people of like the a- exact age group they were portraying. So it made it like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, like this weird, like f- five to eight year sort of like disconnect where mm-hmm. you're like, they don't, it, it's like when you t- when you talk to your parents, like we don't, we don't talk like that anymore. Yeah. Like, no one had say, to no explain the word anymore. Riz to like one of these actors. Right. <laughs> Or Glizzy, for that matter. Oh, no. What was it? What was it recently that I was like, I, I really sounded like an old person. It's like a couple months ago. I was it the ick. I was like, was oh, that's the, ick. the new term that the kids are saying. And you're like, dude, that. Like I, the ick has been around for I, I think since I was like in middle school in 2008. Like that is not by any means. Well, new. I graduated in 2008. All right, so my my that's when my like you know. It stopped. I stopped growing at that point, right? Like, I don't don't get to be with the kids anymore (laughs) post-high school. Get him his oxygen. Get him his walker. Yeah. 2008 (laughs) was where it ended for me. (laughs) But what about you? What did you think? I loved this movie. I honestly haven't been so moved by a movie since Pearl. Wow! Wow! And a, di- for a different kind of movement. Pearl, <laughs> ch- like, changed me. It like it, it, it like it. It was like a Grinch moment. I was like all <laughs> jaded with movies, and then Pearl, like, it, I, like I, my heart grew because I watched that movie. <laughs> um, I was gonna say the, the 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 last time I was as affected by a horror movie before that was Hereditary, which we're gonna talk about because you and I both have yeah. like Hereditary like through lines between like that in this movie yeah and i don't think we're the the first to make no, that comparison we, either we're not trying to claim that <laughs> um but but the, that was the last one that also like really made me like go like Ugh, ah, ee, like felt i felt so <laughs> many different things i was cringing i was like scared i was moved you know hereditary was like a whole experience it was like a it was like going to disneyland for the first time you know uh but the, I haven't felt that way since those two movies. You know, Pearl hit me in, like, a really specific way. So did Hereditary. This movie did the same thing. Uh, I, like, I, I was I was saying after we watched it, you know, because we... Uh, now that we live together, it's we, kind of weird because now we, like, 
can't not talk about something that we watch, but we're also (laughs) like, but let's, I think we never like actually like say it out loud, but I think both of us are like, we're going to talk about it, but we're both like not going to go like too far, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because we want to save it for the, for the show. But yeah, like, so we, we were talking about how it like, I don't know, it, it, it just like hit, it just hits in such a different way that like, that like you can feel your sort of like adrenaline like going the entire time which is like the mark of a really good i mean for me at least like i know the movie is gonna like like sit with me like really well for a long time if Mm -hmm. i if my like heart is pounding the whole time even when like you know we're in slower moments i'm still like on edge waiting for like the next like shoe to drop in the film yeah i think this movie alongside of hereditary does a very good job of like (laughs) ramping things up real quick and then you just hold on to that tense (laughs) feeling inside of you the entire time because it it just keeps going it's relentless Mm -hmm. um so like i guess to you know let's preface it so the, the basic like concept of this movie is so it takes place in australia uh in adelaide specifically adelaide uh it takes place in adelaide um and it follows a, a group of teenagers who have access to this essentially haunted hand, like this manic, this like plaster hand um, that's got all sorts of like graffiti on it. It's sort of this thing that's like been passed down from person to person. Now this particular group has access to it. And it's basically like you sit down, uh, you you sort of like do a little ritual where you like light a candle uh, you st- they strap you in, you you grab onto it, and you say, you know, talk to me. And basically, what'll happen is you, you a ghost or a spirit will appear and like be holding hands with you. Uh, and if you, and then the next stage in the the experience is you say, I let you in, and then you sort of get possessed by this ghost for like ninety. The the they say in the movie that like the you can only go for ninety seconds because otherwise the the spirit will want to stay, you know, that's sort of the bloody Mary, like mythos of it is like, yeah, sit down, talk to me. I let you in. They start the counter on their phones, 90 seconds, and then you're out, you know? Um, and obviously, you know, shit goes wrong from there, but that's like the basic conceit of the movie. Um, and like, it's just like such a good, like easy, it's to get into concept. It's great because a lot of the times in these, fuck with an object and find out movies (laughs) there are lots of very convoluted rules Mm -hmm. and they spend a lot of time front loading them but in this movie it's very it's very simple Mm -hmm. the hand is going to act as a conduit for the spirit you're going to get possessed we're going to pull you out when the timer is up yeah, there's like and, three rules, basically. Yeah, and you learn alongside the cast. It's not like some other movies where you kind of go in having a preconceived notion on like how an you know cursed object might work. It's very, yeah. it's very original and very, uh, very simple. It's very easy to <laughs> to to digest quickly. It's yeah, like uh, it's they they use it almost in like a party setting. So it's like it's very. It's like when someone's trying to teach you a card game, right? Yeah. It's like they just throw the rules at you, and you go, okay, and then you're in. Yeah. Well, the well, the thing about it, it is so so yeah. The the whole thing is the these like teenagers there, they they use this like you said as like a like a party 
tool, right? Like, they mm-hmm. all get together. It, basically, what it is is just, it, like, a one-to-one for hallucinogens, right? Like, if you were to take, like, salvia or, yeah. like... Like what? What? What's the other? There's like another like real rapid fire DMT. Like, yeah, DMT like, is pretty fast. You know, you know, we're something where like you take it, you have like a babysitter with you, but it lasts like you know, mm-hmm. you 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 know, you're in and out of like the bedroom in like an hour or two, right? Um, <clears throat> that's essentially what the what what like like this this item is, you know, um, and as you're as you're the one possessed in the chair. You take almost like a third person view. Yeah, like, you're like backseat. Like one of the characters says, yeah. like uh, earlier on, early on in the movie, the main character says that like it's it's awesome that, that like it's like you get to you you're experiencing like this whole other like, you get to see everything from from like this the the sidecar right like, yeah you, like the passenger seat yeah right and which is which is kind of like what. <laughs> like drug use is it's like a it's like a way to like offload all of your like problems and anxiety uh and just be like ah, i'm just gonna like coast for a little bit you know yeah, let somebody yeah. else take the wheel i'll let the drugs take care of me for a little while yeah. it's like ba- you know th- this movie is definitely a which is i think one of the comparisons to hereditary comes in this is like i think front-loaded as a grief movie mm-hmm. you know yeah we we get like you know, we'll get into it in a little bit, you know, but it's like right off the bat, this movie sets itself up as like, oh, we're going to be dealing with grief a lot here. But really what the movie is about, at least to me, is like how grief can like allow, like make it like make people susceptible to addiction. Like because it's because grief is like so overbearing. Any like out that people get access to like it makes it so easy to take yeah you know escape yeah that just like an escape is is just like so much easier for a lot of people a lot of the time and like so the movie starts out and you're like okay it's like well, i saw hereditary you know yeah, the yeah. a24 i know what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> but then like it immediately cut like does like a hard left and you're like well you thought it was about grief but really we're gonna be telling you a drug like like uh like grim fairy tale essentially it's like (laughs) it's like it's like a cautionary tale about like you know it might be easy guys little kids to to take those drugs at the party but here's what'll happen and like just like how like you know like fucking like little mermaid was like you know she wanted to just be with the people but look what happened to her she's she's got like no legs anymore and and she can't talk and everything's miserable so. and then she turns into sea foam yeah and she turns into sea foam so does that sound like you want to take drugs kids it's be- <laughs> you're like that was like a really roundabout way uh fucking hans christian anderson like, did- <laughs> you could have just been up front about it but yeah that's like you know for me, that's what the the movie boiled down to. But that's kind of the cool thing about this. There's like so many ways to read this movie. It's so deep and so well written and acted. Like, like I, I and the cinematography is amazing. Oh yeah, literally everything about this movie. So many well composed shots. So many interesting transitions <clears throat> and like just really fun camera work mm-hmm. it reminded me there's a couple shots in um knock at the cabin that are similar oh you did end up watching these, that yeah where, where you have those kind of like static shots and then 
Not static shock. <laughs> static shock. My eyebrows raised for, for people who don't see the video. Uh, but there are these static shots, and then something moves, and, like, the camera will track that object, and the camera will, you know, rotate 100, or not 100, like, 90 degrees right. in a certain direction. And I think that adds, like, so much fun and energy to yeah, it so much energy yeah like what, what eric's saying is like sometimes like people will be while they're being possessed you know they'll do a thing where the camera is like trained on like their profile and their head will like snap back like to you know as they're being possessed and the camera will literally just like quick like do a whole like tilt like yeah like like it's being like tumbled over like just to track with them and it's like it's super jarring but it's like so like frenetic and like full of energy that it's just so fun, even at, like, the scariest parts, you know? And I wouldn't say this movie is... I wouldn't say Talk To Me is, like, the scariest movie ever. Like, it's it's not like, you know, <laughs> like, the, the like, Terrifier 2, like, cinema, like, the, the weird, like, voyeur shots of the theater that people take, and everyone's like, oh, and their popcorn's spilling oh, all over the place, yeah, the, you know? The, my favorite, my favorite trailer, um... <laughs> marketing campaign where they're like let's just take a night vision let's yeah, take let's yeah. take let's do a night vision shot of the the crowd as they're screaming and freaking out watching the movie yeah, yeah. same thing that blair witch did the same thing that paranormal activity did you know yeah. those things i it's not that's an i don't think ever gonna happen really no, it, it's it's not throw your popcorn across the room because of a jump scare <laughs> it's your jaw is on the floor and you are succumbing to a feeling of tension that just just <laughs> embodies dread and it just drags you through the whole movie yeah yeah it, it, it's 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 that kind of it's an a24 horror movie they don't really they don't really dabble in the the cheap horror right no. you know which there's a time and a place for we're yeah. not we're not we here yeah we're not here to to poo poo on mm. on the cheap scare we love it but it's just you know that that's not what this. It's a different about. recipe. Yeah, we're, we're it's a different. It's a whole different culinary world we're talking about. <laughs> n- not one is better than the other, but yeah. So I guess like before we get into the the spoilers, um, let's just hit up some. You know, we'll do the the we'll hit up the IMDb Pro, <laughs> and we'll talk about some of the development stuff. I will say, we are not alone in the praise of this movie. Oh no, I watched many amazing reviews. Many, you know, um many YouTube accounts that I follow, other other fantastic horror podcasts that I I we participate in have also sung the praises of this movie. So we're not the first ones to, you know. And the money the money <laughs> matches. They it, you know, it I think it what did it end up making like 69 million or something yeah, crazy yeah. number? Yeah. On like a what was it fourteen million budget? Oh, yeah. oh we'll get there. But Just it is insane. You know, it's it's done a really really good job, uh, and yeah. So let's just get into it. So uh, talk to me. Uh, came out in tw- it, it came out in twenty twenty two. Like in like it was. I think it was in Sundance. I think it was Cans. Cans the other the other one. Yeah. Uh, it was in a couple different ones. I think more like overseas, less American um, film festivals. Uh, well, which makes sense because it's a <laughs> Australian film. It was like funded by like the Australian mm-hmm. uh, film 
whatever the the acronym for it is i don't <laughs> they, they have one uh, coalition just, perhaps yeah yeah <clears throat> um so it makes sense but uh it i believe it was it was written actually in um it was written in 2019 but then covid hit you know and so it didn't end up entering pre-production until like 2021 2022 um but the filming actually was like super snappy on this which makes sense it's a very small yeah, grounded small cast, movie yeah few locations uh, makes sense but yeah so so quick uh turnaround time on the filming and produ- uh you know post production but yeah so the 2023 film uh this was uh written <laughs> written and directed it's kind of weird because the 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 writer and the director are brothers okay it's uh Danny and Michael Philippa and this was actually their directorial debut. Wow. They're actually they're yeah they're they are big time YouTube stars. They they have a YouTube channel called Rocka Rocka, where they do like really crazy like you might have seen it. There's like this one video they did of like Ronald McDonald like kicking the shit out of a bunch of like feral children. But they, they're, like, really, really big into, like, action and, like, practical effects and stuff. They have, like, a, cr- a really I cool... I see this. Yeah, we'll pull it up later, uh, and, and uh, we can drop a link even in the uh, description of the chat. But, yeah, they have, like, a really cool YouTube channel where they're just, like, all in on, like, blending, like, practical effects with, like, the CGI, like, touch-up. That's, like, they're really... Yeah. They're really, like, staunch defenders of practical effects in everything. Good. You know, um, so, so it's Danny and Michael Philippa, um, there's also, um, (laughs) one of the weirdest things about this movie is, uh, one of the other writers, actually the concept for the movie is credited to this guy, uh, Daley Pearson, who is the executive producer of Bluey. What? (laughs) The dog? The EP of, yes, Bluey, the dog, the, like, Australian kids tv phenomenon (laughs) he uh apparently you know he's he's you know all over the australian and and you know hollywood film industry he kind of ran into the philippas at a party one time and they stayed in contact and then one day he like got together he had the short film which is like the concept for this movie like the base concept but it was more of like a goofy version of it okay it's like a short film that's like more funny than serious and he was like uh, like, hey, Mike, do you want to, like, <laughs> do you want to, like, make this into a movie? And he, like, sat, Mike sat down, and he was like, oh, yeah, this could be interesting. And he started writing, and then he kept going, and he was like, oh, this could be, like, a, like a serious one. And then he just got hooked on it. He was like, oh, actually, I got, like, 80 pages. We're ready to go, you know? What the fuck? <laughs> and so they, like, pitched it around, and they got picked up by, you know, the Australian studios. And they were like, all right, we're making a movie. I'd be interested to see if, um... <laughs> If Talk To Me uses dog-safe colors the way Bluey does. <laughs> Do you know about this? No, tell me yeah, about Yeah, so Bluey, uh, <laughs> quick side side trail on Bluey. Apparently they use all like color, like color on-screen colors that dogs, dogs can, can register. So that way dogs can watch Bluey and enjoy, like fully enjoy Bluey. I've got to tell Spooky Fiance about this one. Oh yeah, we can get she me, has we can get Mira hooked on she Bluey. She has sure. to hear about this. I cannot tell you how many videos I've seen of dogs like attently watching Bluey. So we'll, we got <laughs> we got to see if Talk to Me runs the same gamut. Um, yeah. So so huge 
credit to Danny and Michael Philbert for just like stepping out of like YouTube. I mean, they're they're like film students, you know. They're like they yeah. they want to to be like in the film industry, but they were like, I watched a video where they were like, you know, we always wanted to be filmmakers, but it was so much easier. Not that it's easy to become like YouTube phenomenon. It's more accessible. But it, but it, for them, it was they saw the they were able to see the minute by minute growth. Yeah. That is like less tangible in a lot of other careers. That makes sense. You can see the analytics for literally every second of your life uh, if you're trying to be a social media person. So like, they saw that and they're like, ah, oh, you know, we got hooked on it because it was just so much easier to gauge where we were at. But. Apparently, also, they, while, right before they were going to do this movie, they got approached to direct, write and direct a undisclosed DC movie, and they were like, we'd rather do this other one. Good. <laughs> Good. Oh, that's amazing. They're like, we want to do Talk to Me instead, please. I love the, how many times <laughs> these people have turned down, like, big name, like, brands and big name success, because I know after this uh, premiered at Cannes... Uh, it was shown at another film festival, and Universal, like, launched a bidding war with, like, a bunch of other studios, mm -hmm. and they, you know, took it to the brothers, and they were like, hey, we're gonna give you a buttload of fucking money so that we can remake your movie and do it America style. And they were like, no, thank you. No, I don't <laughs> think so. And then A A24 came and kicked down the door and fucking ripped a bowl with them and said, all right, boys, you're going to do it the way you want. Let's fucking go. Oh, man. But yeah, so like just huge credit to these two guys. I can't wait to see what else they do. Well, actually, we know what we else know they're exactly going to do. We know exactly what they're going to do. So actually, <laughs> funny thing, we were talking about last night. They are doing a prequel about the, 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 the prequel to the cold open of this movie. Okay. That's already done. They wrote it at the same time they were writing... This movie, Ooh. they're what they're doing next. Pearl and X style. What they're doing next is a sequel to this movie. So there's actually two Ooh. more of these coming out. We're getting a trilogy. We're, yes, we're exactly Pearl. We're getting Pearl style. <laughs> I'm loving this sort of trend of like we'll like we'll duo a movie and then we'll everyone will love both of them and then we'll just we'll make them wait and be sweat over. For the we'll third. make them sweat over the third one, Maxine. <laughs> Isn't Ty West from New Zealand too? Yeah, you know what? They Something's just do going it on in the Pacific. There. We gotta go get some of that water. D yeah, over there, down down in that little corner of Earth, the the, the bottom right hand of the world. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some things are going on over they, there. They know what they're doing. Um, well, it's actually funny because there's another secret tie-in <laughs> to uh, New Zealand coming up. Um, but yeah, so great job uh, to to the to the writer and director. Um, but I think the shining star of this movie is the, the main character of Mia, who is played by Sophie Wilde. This is also her, like, feature film debut. Uh, She's been in, like, two other tiny things before, it. before now. And Absolutely kills she, it. she, like, she, her performance in this movie makes everybody else better mm -hmm. in this movie. Because she just... Like, f for all the ups and downs of her character, like, she kills it nonstop. Like, she hits, like, registers that I, like, I she commits so hard, it, like, puts, like, so many other actors and actresses to shame. Because it's like, this is, like, our first thing. Like, can you all be just bothered to even give half the energy yes, to your performance? Seriously. <laughs> Holy shit. 
But I feel like we've been getting so much of that with exclusively the horror genre. Like, I mean, same with Mia Goth, right? Like, we we, we have, like, Oscars for people who are putting in, like, a fraction of the energy and talent into, like, these performances that these, like, actors and actresses in these A24 movies, you know? I mean, Mia Goth was in a bunch of stuff prior, too, and she's, I'm pretty sure she's, like, classically trained. Yeah, yeah. But, no, you're 100% right. We have these people, these actors and actresses who are, like acting fucking circles around these people who are getting the most prestigious awards in their field. Right. Like, I'm sorry, Killian Murphy, you're a fantastic actor, but, like, anything you did in Oppenheimer will never compare to the table scene in Pearl. Yeah. Like, Mia Goth, yeah. you, you can't, you just can't c- compete with that. Or, like, Brendan Fraser, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. It's crazy. In The Whale? Sorry. Couldn't care less. <laughs> Oh, um, no, Brendan Fraser had to pretend to be a fat guy. Oh, no. So, yeah, so we have the main character, Mia, is played by Sophie Wilde. We have our, I, I would say, arguably, the second main character is is Riley. Yeah. Who's played by this kid, Joey Bird. Also, his feature film debut. This is also the first thing he's ever been in. So we have two just, like, show-stopping performances from first-time actors and actresses. Being directed and written by first-time writers and directors for a feature film. And I'm like, this movie is probably going to be... It's definitely going to be in my top five of the year. Oh, yeah, for Ma- sure. It, 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 it is right now in top you know, slot for number one. And it's just like all first-time everybody. You <laughs> like know what's going to knock it out of number one? Maxine. Oh, I was going to say The Nun 2, oh. sarcastically, but yeah, Maxine. <laughs> oh, I thought we were being serious. I don't think we're getting Maxine this year, though. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'll wait. I will wait as long as they want me to wait for that one. But yeah, it's just it's just crazy, you know? And we also have really, really solid performances. Um, we've got... Um, shout out to uh, the character of Haley, who's played by uh, Zoe Tarakis, who's a... Uh, I think they're from New Zealand. They might be from Australia, but they're a, a non-binary actor. Uh, and they just like, they, you. we were talking about it the other night. The, every line that they have is like so funny, especially so their like punch-up lines in the background. <laughs> every, every line, <laughs> if you're not like paying attention to everything that's happening on screen, you will miss some of the funniest punch-up <laughs> and like... Just throwaway lines that give this movie the perfect balance of, like, cutting humor and absolute <laughs> horror. So, so funny. So we have, uh, and, and also, we we can't forget that we have one of the best, like, horror parent uh, <laughs> performances um, from Sue, uh, played by Miranda Otto, who, uh, what did you say she was from? She's... Aunt Zelda from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You know who, like, r- like m- more film buffy people might know her as? As fucking I Am No Man. Fucking Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and she's in this movie just fucking, like, depressed. She's, like, got two shitty kids. She's, like, smoking she's it up. She's so great in this fucking movie. <laughs> she plays mom so good, and she doesn't come off as like a throwaway character like she brings so much life 
energy and fun into that role Mm -hmm. while also bringing (laughs) the most like grief and fucking like distraught tragedy a parent could go through also she's just such a real parent just like everybody in this movie is feels so real to the the who they're trying to they're not because they're it feels like the people in this movie aren't playing characters they're like you're a parent like you're a you know like it's it's not like people are like like you can tell that nobody or like you can't tell that anybody's pretending in this movie yeah it's almost like they're really good actors yeah almost (laughs) well and you know and it's almost like they weren't constantly being like nitpicked by an american (laughs) uh studio where execs are like could they be uh more uh sellable to the most people possible like the the (laughs) thing that really stood out to me last night was after you know watching it a second time is that like uh, there's a lot of this movie that like they just give you the world and they're like cool you have to eat it we're not going to explain everything we're not going to spoon feed you all the details like you're just this pick it up as you go and like the she is a single mother in this movie and there is not one single in even in, in a second or like a, a a split shot of like a, a family photo. No one ever mentions the father. No, yeah, ever. No, it's just like totally like rolls right on through, and mm-hmm. I love it. We don't have to spend any. There was no goofy line of like, oh, I miss your father. He would have been blah 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 blah. Or like, oh, not I necessary. Miss Dad. Not necessary. Unimportant. Moving on. It's yeah. so good. It, yeah, I I love how like wasteless this movie is yes it doesn't, you don't have to spell it yeah, out it's yeah. great they don't yeah they don't waste any time like holding anybody's hand who's watching it so, sometimes you can like barely and this is on purpose but like sometimes you can barely hear what people are saying and not because they have australian accent but because a lot of the time like audio is purposefully obscured by the sound happening mm-hmm. like ar- around you and they still don't even care they're like Speaking of the sound, <laughs> this movie it sounds amazing. Like, the soundtrack is, I would say, 90% diegetic music that is occurring, you know, like, at the party they're at. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they're hanging out in their room and they're listening yeah. to music. And it all sounds so good. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a scene where they're, you know, scream singing Sia in the beginning. <laughs> and it just, all of the music carries so perfectly without like you know becoming a soundtrack yeah 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 it's it's just so good um but yeah i guess uh, like one or two last things so yeah i guess just to get into the money you know aspect of it so yeah this was a the budget of this movie was you know uh, estimated around like four four point five million four point five goddamn that was (laughs) about ten Less than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, opening weekend, it made double that. It made $10 million on opening weekend. Uh, it's gone on to make uh, just shy of $70 million worldwide. Damn. So, I mean, not the, like, biggest, like, knock down the house. like, But I think this is probably going to end up being A24's, like, one of their biggest movies. I mean, it, it yeah. surpassed Hereditary, yeah, which so, is amazing to me. Yeah, I think... I'm trying to think of what else could... 
I think I think A two four's biggest movie was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think made the most money for them. Yeah, but that, that was also sense. a much more widely digestible movie. You yeah. know, but I think this will pot will creep up on it. You know, by the end of its you know life cycle, if if we haven't gotten there yet. Um, but yeah, so as far as like, there's a couple little like fun you know fun uh, trivia details. I already like touched on the fact this was like half the cast's like first like first, first movie, movie yeah. ever um apparently they got a lot of co-writing uh help from a bunch of the producers uh on the babadook which is another you know australian film so they were like they're oh. like hey can we get like you know some advice on this and a bunch of like babadook people were like oh we'll help you on this we'll help you on an indie horror we got this that's great we <laughs> love to see that um oh and you know, I, I I guess I could save this for later, but I think this is one of the craziest thing, and this is from uh the the actor that that plays Hale, Haley is was that was was that what their name was yes um the this is like straight from their mouth I watched an interview the scene like the second like possession scene that big long like the probably the best scene in the movie where where they they're all like partying and each taking turns with the um, with the hand and like being possessed and like everybody's like you know the uh, Mia's like possessed by the French chick and she's like singing to the beat of the music and stuff. They filmed that scene in thirty minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> they they all sat down, did that whole party scene in fucking wrapped it up in thirty minutes. The best. Can you imagine? Like, there's there's like there's like a. Like it is like the five <laughs> different camera angles. It's like the imagine if like the the most memorable like flagship scene from your movie. Like they they think about how much like Disney pays like th- these like Marvel people to like make like the big scene in a movie. How long? How much money must go invested into making these things? And this movie, which has made you know like ten, which will probably make more than ten times its budget. Like their biggest, like most memorable scene that is just, but that is also so good. It already made ten times. Yeah, the, the scene that made that is so good. Like, and they they wrapped it in thirty minutes. What the <laughs> fuck? It's fucking crazy. But like, I can understand it because, like, again, I mean, I get it. But, you know, this isn't a Marvel movie, right? We're not like it's not a Transformers movie where like we're destroying <laughs> Chicago for like the eighth time, right? Yeah. We don't have a lot of like CGI guys to. We don't have like a team of video game developers to like deconstruct Chicago for the sixth <laughs> time. But like, still, it, it it's just crazy to me that like you can like that that scene was so well done. I would have assumed it would have taken like hundreds of takes to like get it the way it is. I mean, like it's even perfect. last night, you audibly were like, "Wow, that was a really fucking cool scene." Yeah, it's awesome, <laughs> and for the for for it to be like almost like a one take, just be like, "Yeah, you know, we just all hopped in, we all did our little thing, and then we got out of there." Insane, absolutely insane. Damn. Um, and I guess the. One, like, kind of, uh, I guess to end the trivia on a bummer, apparently this movie was uh, banned in Kuwait specifically oh, yeah, yeah. specifically because uh, the actor that plays Haley, who's non-binary, was in it. Which is insane. We spend no dialogue discussing their, like, identity nope. or, like... It's, uh, because they, of they their spend... out-of-film identity. That, that's insane. 
That's insane. It's not even like, like I know um, Into the Spider-Verse got banned in a bunch of countries because there was like one trans supportive like poster on like somebody's wall. There was like a little trans flag in like the corner. Like it was like a pixel wide on like a corner of some screen. But in, in Talk to Me, there's literally no discussion of their identity. There's no discussion of their sexuality. There's no, like they don't interact in any capacity with any character that would bring their identity or anything into question, like that's it's just so fucking goofy. No, it's just all it, the the I think the 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 quote was like it was to preserve um, like cultural safety and tradition, and it's like all right, Kuwait, have fun, Jesus like whatever, like Christ, like I I just boo, boo. tomato 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 <laughs> yeah, bad take bad take, just I don't know. So it's like so stupid. Just like watch a movie, <laughs> right? Like what? I can't. I can't stand all that shit. Just like get over it. Let people. Let people do stuff. Right? God damn. Well, that is a bummer. But that is a bummer way to end not. the trivia. But this. Well, this movie is a bummer. But a uh, different. I guess t- right. But a more. Fu- a much more fun bummer. So the movie opens, um, which I I thought was really cool on like a tracking shot, which I always love. Anytime a movie can do a competent like long tracking shot you've got me hooked you know because i'm like this this director he knows what's going on you know draws you right in yeah and it starts like on the street you follow this one guy i think his name is cole um he's like this like long blonde haired australian like super australian guy um and he's like you know walking up into this party and i love this the party because it's like this fucking rager, right? Yes. There's people like slumped over cars. They're in the yard. People are in the back. Like there's strobe lights. This loud ass music is playing. But uh, this guy's like storming through the house because he's looking for his brother, right? Yeah. He's like, where's, what's his name? Duckett? Duckett. <laughs> Duncan? No, Duckett. Duckett. <laughs> his name is Duckett. And he's like, where's Duckett? Where's Duckett? And he's like storming through this house. And while this insane party is happening, like full of teenagers and stuff, there's just one lone mom in the kitchen, like <laughs> cutting vegetables. Like, like she's serving finger food to this, like, like fucking like neon rave that's happening around her. And she's like, I don't know where Duckett is. It's crazy. There's and I'm like, <laughs> anywhere between like 50 to 90 kids. It's not like a 10 person rager. No. <laughs> This place is packed. This isn't like a graduation pool party. This is like, no, we are throwing a fucking rager again this weekend. (laughs) Another one this month. If I, if I, I, I would make a joke about how it's like the final performance of some like really popular, uh, like DJ, but I don't know any EDM people. Like, so I can't even make that joke, you know? (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) I don't know anybody about him. So, um, but it's, it's just that, that was like the first part uh, that made me like, I'm like, this is a good movie because just <laughs> like, what a stupid detail to include is just this one mom who's just like, this part is fucking crazy. And she's just chopping a cucumber. I'm like, mom, what are you, what are you doing? But I'll tell you what, it's always that environment at that party. I've been to a few of those parties where it's like, there's way too many people in here and the parent is always there. It's never like, oh, my it's parents true. went out of town and I got a hundred people in my house. No, it's like, mom, I'm throwing a mega rager. Can you make like chip and queso like all night? And no. she's like, totally. I love you, son. No, you're I'll right. I'll get you a 30 rack for like 
pregame. Yeah, no, you're right. Because you can't get away no. with hiding a party that big. No. You have to have the irresponsible parent yes. that allows it. Because I've been to that. I've been to the, 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 the sneaky ragers, and they're not anything. They suck. The, the parties that like actual trouble has happened in are the ones where the parent was like, yeah, I'm the cool parent. Like parent sanctioned. I, I bought, I bought the kegs for this party. <laughs> you know, those, those are the parties that go hard. And this like, party's for me. It's my birthday. I'm turning 45. <laughs> it's, it's my party. It was built for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I've been to these and, and you know what? Only bad stuff happens at those parties, just like this one, you know? So, um, yeah, so this guy, like, walks in. He's looking for du- Duncan or Duckett or whatever, and he finds him, and it's like he's, like, finds him in a room that he has to, like, bust down the door to. Gave me Euphoria vibes. Yes. You know, like like some of those really intense yes. Euphoria parties. It was just, I think they're... What party is that in Euphoria where, like, they had that huge fucking fight? That's in season two when, um, when Rest in Peace... Um, when Fezco, uh, Big like sad. specifically picks a fight with like, uh, like, like sad wiener jock guy, you know, <laughs> and just like you, you're like, oh, but he's so buff. He's going to kick Fezco's ass and Fezco absolutely just annihilates mops him. him. <laughs> Fucking mops him. Yeah. It's that, it's that party or even like the first party of the whole series in the very beginning. There's, True. It, it's always, cause again, it's the same kind of thing. Like those insane parties that are just allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like, this guy's like looking for his, you know, his brother. He ends up like busting out a door because like everybody, it, you know, and this is one of the things about the movie that's like so realistic is that like, like everybody kind of knows something's up with like, you know, this guy. Like everyone knows he's there and they're like, oh yeah, he's like all fucked up, you know, because yeah. he's asking all these people at the party and they know that like their his brother is here, but they're like, oh yeah, Duckett's like fu- he's fucked, you know. Yeah. But nobody's like helping him. Yeah. Everyone's just like, and but that's how it is, right? No. Like people are like oh like at a, at a party that like demonic possession, you know, isn't <laughs> isn't a thing at like say this guy was like like super like off his ass on on like he was overdosing on some people just go like oh yeah he's fucked up he's in the other room you yeah know? nobody like gives a shit right <laughs> it's about scale it's not your responsibility. Yeah. If there's like a hundred other people there, you're like, well, I barely know. Somebody else is going to do something, right? Yeah. You know, and if the cops come, then I'll leave real fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay at the outer edge of the party. Is that way you can dip out as soon as possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Cole like busts down this door and like his brother Duckett is like, he's got all these like crazy like cuts and gashes all over yeah grapes all over and he like goes and he's like oh you know what what the fuck man and again this is like an example in the movie like where you without subtitles because i watched it again today with subtitles um before we turned them on the first time we watched it because like without subtitles you have no idea what they're saying the the music is like so loud which i think is on purpose because you're like you're supposed to be sort of in the shoes of the bystanders who like can't be bothered to even listen to anybody, you know? So, like, he's trying to help him, and he's, like, the Duckett's, like, saying something about, like, dad and shit, whatever. But anyway, so, I think their dad, like, died, which we'll probably get into in the prequel, which is Makes why sense. he, you know. Um, but he's, like, like, Cole's pulling him out, and then he, like, gets him out of the room, and he's, like, in a blanket, and he's, you know, huddled next to him. And everybody's just recording, right, on their Everyone phones. Everyone whips out their phone, yeah. Because this is a, this is... I wouldn't, so there's like a genre of movies that is like burgeoning, which is the, it's not the found footage movie, but it's like the, um, 
like live footage movie where it's like not like oh we found this like vhs in the woods and it's all like grimy let's put it in a the live put it in the vcr but it's more like live stream horror where it's like this is happening right now yeah you know like um like unfriended yeah like unfriended or spree you know that kind of thing i love spree spree's so good um or like um super host that kind of thing you know yeah yeah like um or or like so there's like two there's like the live footage stuff there's also like influencer horror too which is like another thing like mm-hmm. influencer which is like the sequel to superhost um but yeah so it's like it, it's kind of playing on that where like everybody's just like oh i got to record and you know put a i got i we got to look w- w- watch this shit that's Snapchat happening chat is heavy in this movie yeah I, this movie was practically <laughs> might as well have been sponsored by snapchat i don't think it's ever specifically mentioned but like they're cl- very clearly on screen using it all the time yeah uh and so like cole's like you know like shoving people and he's like turn off your phone stop recording like you know like because people are fucking heartless at a party like yeah you know and then like as he like is shoving everybody around he like turns around because somebody yells like he's got a knife and you hear like the shing, like the, as he like pulls like a knife from like a cutting board and duck it like just like lunges onto screen and fucking like stabs i thought he killed him but we learn later in the movie that he didn't. Yeah, you know, he catches he, he gets him like, in, like a shoulder, the, stab. the right shoulder. Yeah. yeah, we get like a shoulder stab, and then everyone's like screams and runs away, but like still are like <laughs> recording. Um, and like you know, he shoves like uh, Cole out of screen, and then he walks, and we this is all still like one shot too, which is the coolest thing. Um, and then he like uh, Duckett like walks out like away from camera out to like this like glowy pool area, and you just see him like kind of like you see his back and then he like turns like profile to the camera and then you see the knife i i thought it was like a kitchen knife that he was using but it but like upon second viewing it still looks like the fucking crocodile dundee knife it's so big it's a huge it's a gigantic and he just takes the knife and just stabs it into his it's just like so deep into his head too it's like practically to the handle yeah handle deep into the eye it is and it's so fast and brutal, and it's like, cold open. Like, that's it. I, like, so effective, all one shot. Like, so scary. What a good, good way to just start and the movie. It is so great at building that tension that, like I said, you then carry that mm-hmm. all the way through the movie because you're like, oh, fuck, this dude already stabbed his brother and killed himself in front of, like, 90 people. Like, fuck. Yeah, this one thing this movie doesn't, like bullshit around with which i like is the like trying to keep the supernatural stuff secret everybody in the movie is very open and and there's no like disbelief that we don't spend 45 minutes where people are being like i don't believe in ghosts everyone just kind of adopts the theory of this movie like without any question yeah because they're all teenagers and they're treating the the this possession thing as like a as a drug essentially so they're all cool with it, you know, but there's, yeah. so we don't spend any time like at, we're also, at all. We're also spending time with people who pretty much see it on Snapchat happen to other people a few mm-hmm. times and they're so interested in it that mm-hmm. they want to do it. They do it and then they're immediately convinced. They don't have to spend any time debating whether or not it's real like you said. Yeah. They've experienced it firsthand and mm-hmm. they don't bother convincing anyone else. Right, just, and, and the, what I think is such a clever 
workaround to having to... Because, like, so later in the movie, there's police that get involved and there's parents to get involved. But just like a party where drugs are being dispersed, a bunch of teenagers are not going to tell their parents about the drug aspect of the party. They're no. just going to be like, oh, I don't know. He just like got like fucked yeah. up. Like, I wasn't doing drugs. Like, nobody's going to say anything, you right? You give them 80% of the story. Yeah. Because the 20% you're covering up is the part where you were like... Where you were doing something wrong, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So everybody in this movie, all teenagers, no one's going to tell their parents or the police, oh, like, oh, we were doing drugs. Just like nobody's going to go and tell their parents or the police, oh, we were talking to, you know... <laughs> disembodied spirits by using a, a, a magical hand conduit you know like <laughs> it's the same thing like it's such a clever and, and perfectly believable reason why like we're not getting adults involved yeah like so it's so smart and i don't even know if that was like, a conscious decision you know that the, that the writers made i'm sure it was. i'm sure it was at some point you know but like man does it like work it's so it's such a good way to not have to deal with so much bullshit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and not like a cop-out way either. No, in a good way. It's, yeah. It makes total, total sense. Um, so yeah, that's the cold open. I, like, you know, I think the rest of the movie, the movie, actual movie proper opens with our main character, Mia. Um, and she's at like a, what, a two-year memorial for like her yes. mom who's died. We find out it's like near, it's almost the two-year anniversary of her mother's death. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's all, it's, it's cool because it's very somber. It's very sad. It's very quiet. Like real juxtaposition between the cold open to that. It's like, yeah, like everything's very like solemn and quiet. Um, something cool about the movie that I noticed the second time around when I watched it this afternoon and also upon like watching a lot of other people's reactions to it. Um, like almost every scene until later in the movie that like, Mia's house is in like anytime we're in her house or like her dad is in the scene he is always out of focus yeah so like like and it, I think it's like to represent like sort of like this disconnect you know that she has because her, her her mom has died who clearly as we watch the movie like she's like was way closer to her mom yeah you know big influence and, and also she you know her so her mom we find out at some point died of um like an accidental accidental uh like sleeping aid overdose or something yeah. like that um she was dealing she was struggling with depression for like a long time and yeah like apparently had made other attempts on her life but uh, it overdosed on sleeping pills and then the dad found her yeah um, and allegedly she was like trying to seek help and she was mm -hmm. trying because she realized she took too many she realized there was something wrong so she was trying to get help but like couldn't it could just couldn't and like the had succumbed to the medication yeah. um and so like you know you have mia who's like been trying to deal with this for like you know multiple years now but you know there's no you know there's no like time stamp on grief right like you can't no. just be like oh well it's, only, it's been two years you know whatever that's her mom too you know <laughs> yeah I mean? yeah like so like she's still dealing with that um and I, it, again like it's cool it, it, her dad like she's clearly wasn't as close and is now even less close to him every time you see him he's like super out of focus there's like a really cool scene again which which like plays into how like just like well written and active this movie is and how real it feels there's like the part in the very beginning where she's like cleaning up after the party 
you know, party. Yeah. Like, everybody come... Your, your mom is dead from an overdose. Two years later, you have a memorial. Everyone comes over, like, eats all your shit, and then leaves a mess that you, the daughter, <laughs> now have to clean up. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? She's, like, doing dishes after the party... It's the worst repast ever. No terrible. one even left food. Fucking awful. They ate your food. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, where are the casseroles for me? <laughs> um, but she's doing these dishes and, like, her dad out of focus. Um, also, like, the, the, the her whole house is very cold. Yes. Every time you're in her house, the, the, the lighting is very blue. Mm-hmm. Very... It's a very white and gray kind of yeah. interior. Yeah, which is, which is, like, a good... Like, just, like, a really good marker for where, like, she's at, you know, when she's at home. And, like, but the the scene in particular was, like, the dad, she's doing the dishes, and the dad says something. And, again, because, the like, the audio from, like, the water is so loud, you can't, without subtitles, you have no idea what the fuck he said. And neither does she, because she goes, what? She stops the water and goes, what? And then he says it again, and it's, like, something like, you know, how was it for you today? And she goes, I don't know, it was fine. Yeah. And then, not he does, and then he doesn't say anything. And she turns the water back on. And then he says something else. And she, like, rolls her eyes and goes, what? You know, and I I was like, man, what, like, a real scene? Because I do, like, that has happened to me so many times. Where, like, you're doing something and then someone tries to, like, say something but you're distracted. And you're like, what? And you stop. And then you start the thing again. And then someone says, and you're like, oh, my God. Can we just finish the conversation? (laughs) Like, can I go back to what I'm doing? I can't hear you over my stress chores. (laughs) Oh, it's so, like, it's so, so real. And those kind of scenes happen over and over again. Like, later in the movie, there's, like, a part uh, where Mia's, so Mia's best friend is this uh, chick. uh, What was her name? Jade? Jade. Jade, like, um, you know, ends up, like, trying to talk to her, Jade and her mom, like end up in a car together um after like a traumatic incident and there's just like this quiet moment where like the mom is like stressed smoking in the car and like jade shows up (laughs) and they try to she tries to like connect to her but like the mom is so like like out of it because of like all the the like stress she's going through like uh and like she ends up like lashing out at the daughter but it's just this quiet scene it's not like this big bombastic you know yeah like like drag out like loud screaming match it's just this quiet like she like jade goes to like put her hand on the mom and the mom like you know recoils and then jade's like uh, you know but they stay stay in the car together and just sit there quietly and it's like this long scene but it doesn't like it's not it's not unwelcome but it's just like this long quiet thing that it's like feels so real it's just very somber yeah and I'm like, man, if this was an American movie, all of these scenes would either be cut completely or be like, like some fat cat with like a cigar in his mouth and be like, can we, can we change this and make it funnier somehow? <laughs> the teens will like it if this seems funnier, you know? <laughs> Somebody has to make a butt joke here. Yeah, right. You know, like something like that. And you're like, Ugh. Thank God this movie wasn't had nothing to do with an American studio. Um, but uh, so after we're at her house, she gets a call from her best friend's brother. He is stranded, kind of out somewhere, hanging out with his friend, and he needs a ride home. So he's not getting through to his sister. He calls his sister's best friend, mm-hmm. who is uh, Riley. Me, yeah. Mia. Mia, excuse me, yeah. Riley, the 
Riley's brother the brother, the little brother. Calls Mia. And what is their age disparity here? Because Mia's like, what would you say, 16, 17? Yeah. 17, probably. Because yeah. there's another character who's like, the guy um, who's 18. So they're probably mostly, the, most of the characters are like on the cusp of 18. And if then not 18. The brother's not even like 15. He's got to be like 14, right? Yeah. I, I'd say somewhere between 12 and 14. Yeah. And so, yeah, he calls her. She comes to pick him up. Now it's like nighttime. She, he has this like shitty friend who like. <laughs> He, he, like, he's not even smoking cigarettes, but he just has them because he's like, yeah, I sell them. You know? They, like, he's like, I sold some to my brother, which they're, like, watching like, a video of, and the brother is, like, he, I honestly, when I first watched it, I had to, when I watched it again today, I was like, oh, that's his brother they're talking about. I thought it was his sister, because, <laughs> which I think is the point, but because, like, he, he, this, like, shitty friend's, like, brother is doing this, like, stupid, like, influencer posts. And Riley is like, oh, he looks, he looks uh, elvish. Elvish, And the yeah. guy goes, like, Elvis? And he's like, no, elvish. Like, you know, fantasy elves. And then the one friend is like, I need to get better friends. Yeah, he's just like, shut <laughs> up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. But. Which is so funny. Um, but, it, you know, it, it kind of, like, is the setup for Riley's character. Where Riley is this kid who's, like. The whole movie, until, like, something actually, like, devastating happens to him, is sort of, like, the punching bag for his whole family. Like, his sister shits on him all the time. His mom shits on him all the time. Until he's, like, in the hospital and almost dead. Yeah. Like, they can't even be bothered with him. Like, the whole movie, he's (laughs) just like, could somebody pay attention to me? You know? (laughs) So, we... She she ends up picking him up, and we kind of get a better lay of the land as far as their like social relations we we figure out that she has been not necessarily living with but like spending most of Basically. her free time at her like best friend's house so it's the mom the the oldest who is the daughter who is her best friend jade, jade. so is so there's mia our main character jade, jade. is her best friend her mom is sue and her little brother is Riley. Riley, and yeah, so Mia's basically like co-opted the family because you know her, she's got no connection with her dad, or at least she's got like a terrible relationship with him. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because the dad's got his own shit going on. Yeah, you know he's grieving too. But so she's basically co-opted this other family, and um, they seem pretty okay with it. Like they, they're all they honestly. When we were watching it, I thought before we like. Before I registered all the shit that was going on with Mia over the course of the movie, I, at first I was like, wait a minute, because I asked you. I went, what is their relationship? Because I thought they were, like, sisters. Yeah. No, uh, like I, just best friends. Just besties. I thought, like, maybe, like, she was, like, adopted <laughs> or something, you know? Like, that's how close this family seems. Yeah. Like, you know, she's, like, in in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, Mia's, like, picked up Riley because Jade, like, I don't know, was... Out with her boyfriend or something. I yeah, we the... find out. We find out that Jade is dating this guy Daniel, who <laughs> used to when they were like children. I guess used for to date some Mia. Amount, yeah, for some amount of time was dating Mia, which is like the, the that's the fun part about the movie too. Another fun part is that like they're all so young and they behave so young because like nobody they put stock into like oh. What's the what's the boyfriend's name? Daniel. Daniel. Daniel and Mia used to date, but it's like when they were like six. 
Like yeah, yeah. But it's like, like but like when nothing. you're like but when you're like twelve, you know, like that. It's like oh, they used to date. You know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they they probably dated when they were in like middle school. Now they're in high school. You know, and it's like that kind of thing like seems so trivial to us. You know, yeah. where or it's like whatever. But like the, all those sort of like hormonal relationships are so like intertangled because like I mean we've all been there where it's like you date somebody and then like you break up with them and then your friend is like well can I date them and you're like yeah that's okay but secretly you're like no it's not okay but <laughs> and then it all becomes this weird fucking yeah. like like Game of Thrones incestuous like <laughs> thing especially like in high school like they are yeah it's it, it's it, and it, it's played off so well because it's not like the focus of the movie it's just this undertone that kind of fuels mm-hmm. everything and it, like it just works so well so you can tell like mia and and daniel like have this like leftover it really it really clearly defines the boundaries of all of their friendships right mm-hmm. so like we understand like okay they're best friends but they're dating and they used to date so now they can't they can't be yeah like you can tell you can tell jade like she kind of holds she's forcing herself to believe that there's that it's totally cool. That it's totally over, yeah. But like deep down, you know that she knows that like it, there's like this weird thing happening, yeah. and it comes up later because like um, so like we get this whole we get a lot of cute scenes like you know between this like this little family dynamic. Yeah. You know, you can tell like Riley doesn't like get along with his sister very well. Like he loves her or whatever. They they're all like you know they're classic brother sister yeah. squabble. Well luckily me is there to kind yes. of bridge the gap. And, but you can tell that Riley like really looks up to to Mia. Mm-hmm. Might you know and it's that's the cool thing about the movie is it's also like it's so complicated because they're all you know so young. Like Riley probably also like has feelings for Mia too. Like he probably looks up to her as like a sister. But because he's not really her sister, he probably also like has like emo- like like emotional like yeah. like he's probably also into her a little I'm bit. Sure there's a level of like de- dependency like within that, but like it is it is very much like your adopted family. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there's like a lot of complicated like writing going on that mm-hmm. that like you uh, you have to kind of watch it multiple times to like really like have fun picking it all apart. Um, but yeah, so you get a lot of cute scenes. The mom is so funny because the mom has multiple scenes in the movie where she's, she's doing such a good mom job. Like there's, I think the first time, so they, they end up like, um, all three of our characters, Jade, Riley, and Mia, they end up like going out to a party, but Mm -hmm. they're like, they're sneaking out, but they're like, not really because like Jade is like having a conversation with the mom with Sue and she's, like, just talking to her, and Sue's like, okay, so you're trying to sneak out because you only come yeah. talk to me at night. Yeah. You only ask, like, when I'm going to bed when you want to sneak out to she go to a party. She picks up on all of her cues. She's like, okay, so, like, where are you going tonight? She's like, I'm not going out tonight. Why would you even say that? And she's like, well, you yeah. only ever behave like this when you're going to sneak out. So, it's like, so where are you going? And then, like, right after that scene, like, she walks out, and Mia is like, oh, are we sneaking out now? You know? Yeah. yeah. She's like, okay, so it's time to sneak yeah. out. And she's like, bitch. So, like, the Sue's, like, kind of chill because she, like, she knows, but she's, like, not trying to be made a fool of, you know? She's like, yeah. I know you're sneaking out. Like, just yeah, go. Yeah, like, don't lie to me. Like, come on. And later on, there's another scene where they invite people over to, to their house. And, like, <laughs> and, like, Sue is, like, convinced that it's going to be a rager. Mm-hmm. Even though they really aren't lying. They're like, no, we only invited two people over. It's just a couple people. But, like, Sue does the, like, f- really funny, like... 
play siblings against each other thing where she like asks Jade, she's like, oh, so like how many, if you have a party tonight, you are like never going to see the light of day again. And then she's, Jade's like, we're not having a party. None it's of us just are, a no, couple no people. No one's having a party. And then she goes over to, to Riley's room and she's like, hey, so when's the party tonight? You can tell me, like your sister already told me, I know you're having a party. And like, you can see how he, she's like, but I've seen parents do that. Yeah. It's so funny. So many times. The younger the younger brother's like, Mom, we're not having a party. Yeah. No one's drinking. And then, like, his shitty little best friend is like, I mean, if there is if a there party, is party, I'm <laughs> definitely drinking. Yeah, and she's oh like, my god, it's so funny. This motherfucker. So funny. Like, like everybody does such a good job of doing, like, these little one-liner, like, gags. Which is why I think this movie, aside from the fact that it's, like, much shorter than, like, Hereditary, mm-hmm. I think this is a much more palatable, like palatable version of hereditary like yeah it's not a one-to-one movie regardless but like if if i i don't recommend hereditary to a lot of people because it's such a brutal movie which this movie is also the exact opposite i'm like how many people can i traumatize with no no i do the opposite uh i so this both movies are brutal but hereditary is both brutal and long yes and extremely overbearing the whole time like the whole time it just feels like you're like doing work so like i would say (laughs) i would say talk to me is more of like an emotional roller coaster where hereditary is like an emotional bungee jump (laughs) you don't ever get back to the same height of like comfort but like you do kind of bob up and down between like the lowest very terrible no, no. point and eventually and bad you, points in the middle and eventually you settle and you're still not comfortable and you're just swinging <laughs> until the they pull part. you back yeah. up <laughs> no this movie definitely um benefits from being shorter and uh like it, there's a lot more levity because of the subject matter and the age sort of like group that the main characters fall into so i i would definitely like recommend this movie over hereditary for like people who are like what's like a really like crazy horror movie yeah. i'm like let's start with this one yeah um so yeah like eventually we we uh, sneak out to this party sneak out and to the this, party. Is, this is our first party where we're going to see the hand they know that yeah, we're finally they're... getting to the titular like the the it's it's in the like posters of the movie yeah. but we haven't like talked about it because it's like the movie is about so much more than yeah. the hand which is crazy because it's like this focal point and yet not. It's really all of the the events and the experiences that the hand facilitates. Yeah. So like they go out to this party because they know that these two kids at school have been throwing these weird parties where they're doing the hand ritual and people are getting possessed and weird shit is happening and they just keep seeing it on like Snapchat. They see like the the bystanders POV of it where like you know, people's eyes are completely blacked out and they're speaking weird languages and they're saying crazy right. shit. It's like, it's like you know, in like exorcist movies when like the, the Vatican is like, here is like Here's extremely, the <laughs> the, this is extremely secure footage. No one's allowed to see this. It's like that, but just like everyone on Snapchat. But it's on your Snapchat story. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're, like, flipping through. You see, like, a guy eating, like, 70 hot dogs, and you scroll over, and there's just, like, a person, like, holding onto his ghost hand being possessed. 
But, like, that's their thing. They're like, we have the hand, we're gonna do a hand party, everyone come over and get a hold of the hand. It's gonna be fucking crazy. So, they're kind of on the outside of this more popular group right now, and they're like, well, we want to get a taste of it, we want to see what's going on. Yeah, we want to see what it's like. Because, uh, at fr- the, the only this is the only part of the movie where people are, like, skeptical. Because I think, like, Jade is, like... I don't know if it's even real. I mean, it's like, I don't know, it could be real, you know. Either way, let's go see And it. that's the most the movie ever really gives to the whole, like, skepticism debate of it. Yeah, like, is it, isn't it? Oh, it, I don't think it's real. It could be. That's it. That's the deepest it goes. Because they go to the party, and they, like, ev- you know, they, they everyone's seen the videos, and it, they, um, this is when we're introduced to Haley and, what's his name, Joss? Um, who are these, like, two, again, such a real, realistic, like, pairing of people yeah where they're just like these two like outsider like stoner characters who were just like oh you know we show up to parties like because they're the kids who brought acid to the party where everyone was drinking exactly you know they just show up with like the good shit and it's like oh yo johnson haley are here like you know you invite them because you want shit to get crazy yes you know they're not your friends but they're the people you invite to your party because you know it's gonna get better because of it yeah so, you know, they whip out, you know, they whip out the hand, and the hand is so cool. It's such a good... It's so simple. It's elegant. It's very simple. It's just the weird hand and a little bit of a forearm that acts as the base, and it's covered in signatures and little tiny bits of, like, graffiti. Right, because it's... So, basically, we find out that the hand has been passed around from, from like, person owner to, person. to owner, yeah. you know. The, the, our main character, our characters, Haley and Joss, got it from Cole, who... You know. I think they stole it from Duckett. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was given to them by... You, we'll, we'll find out in the prequel. You know, we'll, how, I guess you're right. How you're it right. got there. We'll find out. Because we never really get a clear answer, which is fine. You know, this movie doesn't really do a- any explaining or answering to... Like, it doesn't answer any questions, really. And they're, like, it, they're totally okay with it. Um, but yeah, so they... They've been passed down this hand thing. And the hand is so cool. It's like... Like you said, it's like this plaster hand, which we find... We don't know... We never even learn anything about the hand, which is another beautiful thing. Because, again, if this was an American movie, we talked about it last night. Oh, my God, We would have spent half the movie learning about, like, oh, where did the hand come from? And then we've been like, oh, we have to spend, like, a... We have to do a 15-minute montage where all the characters research in the library. And we learn that it was the hand of this, like, weird Satanist guy in... in, in, like, And it would have been, like... Just a bunch of stupid bullshit, and it would have paid off to nothing, and it would have made the movie stupider. The only way I would have accepted that scene is, you know how, like, in every other movie, we get the microfiche? Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see, like, a Gen Z version of the microfiche scene, where instead of going to a library and everyone's looking at books, it's just like, okay, let's let's figure out where this thing came from, and then it cuts to, like, six people in silence, just, like, scrolling on their phones, like... Okay, I'm on Wikipedia and it says this. Okay, I'm on. A that would have been fun. I'm on 4chan and it says this. Okay, I'm on Reddit and it says this. That's the only, we the might, only other way. And to we do might that. get that in the, uh, you know, because so basically we we find out like the only context for the hand that anybody gives is like Haley and Joss later in the movie like go back and forth and they're like, I heard it was the disembodied hand of a medium who could talk to the dead, and, and Joss is like, well, I heard it was from a Satanist, you know. And they're like, but but the one thing they agree upon is that there's an actual like mummified hand in inside plaster. it, and the plaster is on the out. But they're like, no, there's definitely a hand in there. We don't know who it's from, but it's in there. Um, but yeah, so they like 
you know, they the, they, they show up at the party and they're like everyone is everyone at the party came for the hand. No one is there right, right, right. without like prior. But nobody knowledge. wants to do. Yeah, do everyone's hands. kind of a big pussy. So I, it's like it's like it's 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 just like do toad <laughs> exactly. That's what I was joking about when we were watching it. I'm like, oh, no one's gonna do hand tonight, you know? Like, but you know, but Mia, our main character, obviously goes like she because she's skeptical anyway. But she's like, so I want to know what's up. But it's just you can tell how it's it's such a one to one for for those you know big banger you know, like, teenage parties where, like, drugs are accessible, you know... Well, you, you're experimenting. You know, and you go, like... Especially if you're, like, in a in the mind state of, like, I really need something to take me anywhere else. I want you know? a new... I, I've been dealing with grief so heavily and so consistently yeah. that I just need a new experience to shake exactly. shit Exactly. And so Mia's just like, yeah, I'll try it. You know, and you can see it. Like, that instant, like, one-to-one of, like, oh, here we go. Now this is where... <laughs> This is this is where the big H comes in, you know. <laughs> and you're like, oh god. So yeah, but so she she hooks herself into, and it's even like they even have it's the imagery yeah. because like they even have like a belt that they strap her into, just like you know you're strapping it on your arm, right? Like when like, you're gonna shoot up. Yeah. yeah, it's so like the imagery is like so so specific and and like on purpose what i like about it too is that like you you literally have to get strapped down in the chair so that you don't like get up and run around and do crazy shit or hurt mm-hmm. anyone and it as much as it is like a just a like a a utilitarian kind of like okay we're gonna put the we're gonna keep the person in the chair it also really signifies to the viewer of like all right buckle your fucking seatbelts because the movie yeah. is about to start <clears throat> yeah and so that's what happens is, you know, they, so they strap Mia in, um, and she, it's so funny. It's the, so the rules are, you grab the hand, you say- You light the candle. You light the candle to, to open the door. Mm-hmm. You grab the hand, you say, talk to me. A spirit will show up. Just like materialize instantly right in front of you, but you're the <laughs> only one who can see it if you're holding the hand. Right. And, and then once you can see the spirit, then you say, I let you in. And that allows a spirit to possess you. And they have sort of this, like we said earlier, this arbitrary rule that they only, that like Joss and Haley only know because Duckett and whoever got, they got the hand from like told them the rules, which it's like, who knows where they heard that from. Yeah. You know, and it's like 90 seconds is the max. And they say, they explain the reason is because, you know, you let the spirit in and after 90 seconds, they'll want to stay. And, you know, you were, you will... They, they don't even have an explanation. They're like, they'll want to stay. And everyone goes, oh, well, that's creepy. Well, you know? yeah, we don't want them to stay. We I don't want to like know what that means. So, my own body. So it's like, so we, we always cut it off at 90 seconds, you know. But it's, so it becomes just this, like, it, it, this trippy experience where everybody, you know, everybody just goes along for this ride where they record the person who is being possessed. Um, and the first experience we have with it is is obviously watching it happen to Mia where so she the first time she does it she grabs the hand and it's funny because she just kind of puts her hand on it like yeah she uh, like, just flops her she, hand they on go top. like they go grab the hand and she goes 
And they're like, no, like, hold the hand, you idiot. Like a handshake. <laughs> and she goes, oh, okay. It's it's in the pose of, yeah. like, like a grasping palm, like, as yeah. if you were going to shake its hand. I actually watched, like, an interview with the directors, um, and they apparently tried, like, a, a billion different hand poses. That's like, cool. The first one was just, like, straight up, where you were supposed to, like, kind of do this. Oh. Um, but they found out that like the the, the interlaced o- over fingers. yeah over like trial and error they were like it turned out the, like handshake one was like the one that read the best. Also, the hand is super cool, um, audio wise because it's just like a apparently like a plaster hand with like a mummy hand inside, which probably w- wouldn't be very heavy. But in this movie, the hand sounds like it weighs like a bowling ball. Yeah, like, like, it, it sounds, sounds like so a, heavy. A Thirty pounds like ceramic hand. Anytime they move it, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a fucking tomb door shutting like, like Indiana concrete. Jones. Yes. <laughs> it sounds so loud. Which is like it's fucking hilarious. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so so like the party goes on, so Mia like finally actually does it the right way, and the first thing she sees is just like all and this is pretty much par for the course for every other spirit we see in the movie. Every time we see a spirit, they're like the worst like you assume that at least some spirits would be scary, right? If you're going to touch a ghost. It, yeah. Like, you're probably going to see some that are going to be, like, horrifying to look at. But you would assume some would be, like, kind of, like, be a little bit put together, right? No. Like, they can't all be horrible, right? They Not all in this look movie. like they've been put into a fucking burlap sack <laughs> and then hosed down and beat to shit. They all look fucking awful. They look like they've been dragged under a bus for 40 miles. They look like dog shit. Every every ghost in this movie, it, it, which I guess makes sense, right? Because like you, like if if you were like a very put together ghost, you probably just wouldn't be a ghost. But you'd you have probably a, wouldn't hang out in right, limbo. You, you yeah, you, you'd have no unfinished business. You're like, oh, I did it all. I'm yeah. gonna go. But like, if you look like you've been dragged under a trolley for like you know, <laughs> your entire life, you're probably you like, there's like so been... much stuff I needed to finish first. You look like you've been fucking trampled by like a New York City. Uh, horse and buggy yeah basically if you look like me then (laughs) you're then then you're gonna be you're gonna be in limbo otherwise straight to heaven but she (laughs) what she sees across from her is she's kind of like looking at her friends and then she like registers that someone is now sitting across from her and it's this dead-eyed old man and it scares her so bad that she instantly lets go of the hand and kind of freaks out and now everyone is like kind of laughing at her and her friends are like no you're you're fucking with us that's bullshit that's bullshit and uh and she goes well then i'll show you yeah you know and she goes josh back and again. Haley, josh and Haley are like well you have to hold on and then you have to tell them to let like i'll let you in like, right and so that basically that's when we find out so correct me if i'm wrong i think this is implies that like Every time you do it, it's a different correct ghost because like she gets she does it again and it's a different ghost this time you know yeah not any less horrifying no but a different different horrifying honestly a very good horrifying she grabs the hand mm. she does the ritual and what she conjures up is like the waterlogged corpse of some woman it's like the lady from from room two seventeen it's like just like a bloated gross yeah. lady and it looks really good it, it looks the effect, very real all practical effects so good only Killer. the only only very slight modifications like through like cgi only to enhance yeah. um, the the practical effects this movie is all practical, 
aside from some very specific things, um, which I'll, I'll tell you in a second. There's one really funny one. Um, but yeah, so like basically what happens is um, we, so Mia gets possessed by this gross wet lady. We'll just call her wet lady from now on. Works for me. Um, she gets possessed by wet lady. Wet lady sort of like looks around the room, right? And this is like a really cool scene because the, the, there's really not that many like over like overbearing ghost segments in this movie. There's like yeah. only a ha- like a couple, three, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'd say so. Where we get this kind of thing. So she gets possessed, and the possession effects in this movie are so good. The makeup, um, the makeup was done by the same person that does all their YouTube makeup, and they were like, "Oh well, we've worked with this girl before. Like, wow. can she just be like a, like executive makeup person on this movie?" And they were like. It's your movie, guys. We're A24. We're really cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and so, yeah. So, like, the, like this, like, the their YouTube makeup artist just got to be, like, executive uh, on this whole movie. Good for them. And so, but the makeup effects are so good. Because when people get, like, possessed, they become, like, like all their, their, like, lips get super, like, stretched and dry and, like, black. And, like, it, it, like, it almost looks like if a you know when like mold shows up on a wall, like yeah. on drywall, it looks like mold on their skin. It's yeah, like, they get it's these weird gross. little like black spots along their face, and it, they do become like a lot more gray. Yeah, and their eyes become like real. Like, their, their pupils, become their pupils go huge. like whole eye. There's like a part later where Mia touches the hand again, and like she goes like full on like Andy Circus Smeagol. Like, where she looks, she seriously looks like a hobbit, like, looking for the one <laughs> ring. She go, It's, like, so crazy looking. Uh, I, I fucking love it. But, yeah, so she basically gets possessed by the, the moist lady. Um, and she, like, looks around. And she, it's a lot of foreboding. She, like, she like zeroes in on Riley, you know, the our, uh, you know, secondary main character. And, um, like points at him right and goes like he, he likes you or say he doesn't like you or he something likes like. you oh he likes you and you're like well first of all we're like well who's he because who is, is he we Capital don't like that H, he, we don't like who? that we don't like that one um but also there's like another part where like uh, or before, even before that like she like points at like an empty corner and goes there he is so it's i'm like i kind of took that as like Mia gets possessed by the moist lady. Yeah. Who's not friendly, but, like, she knows that, like, she's, like, way more friendly than most of the things that you could possibly encounter in this ghost world. And she sees a guy sort of, like, waiting in line, you know, Mm -hmm. for this, like, experience to possess people. And and she's like, oh, there's that guy. Wait until you get him. That guy's way creepier. He's way worse. Um... And so that's like sort of like a, you know, a foreboding thing. And then, you know, but since she, she eyes up Riley and she's like, oh, that guy that I was talking about before, he likes you. Yeah. You know, so it's like super creepy. You know? And it's, it, it, you know, they, they try and pull her out of it because she goes way over like her 90 seconds and she, they go like, like right up to it. Right. Because, uh, the thing about like Haley is like, she sort of, it was like kind of like really bitchy about um mia to begin with because like jade like brought mia and like yeah she's not I think, she doesn't like she doesn't like mia. i think 
I think Haley sort of has like a thing for Jade in this movie because like a lot of the time like Haley's always talking to Jade and she's like, oh yeah, you know, Mia's like chatting with your boyfriend. I feel like Haley's trying to be like, you know, why don't you just ditch all that, you know, and just come over to Mama. <laughs> I, I I think she's just one of those people who's like, I'm I currently have the the hand that gives me popularity. Yeah. So I, like, I want you to come hang out with me because I don't. I don't want you, all of your baggage with your weird friend. I just want to hang out with you because I like you. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, like, really interesting, like, relationship dynamics going on. Um, but, yeah, so, like... She goes way over her 90 seconds, and they try to pull the hand away from but her. But she, like, is ghost-gripping like, it yeah. so hard that they she's can't the pull her out of it. G.I. Joe Kung Fu grip exactly. on the fucker. So that's the first... And, and so th- this becomes, like, important later on in the movie. But we can talk about it now because we're already in spoilers anyway, right? Yeah. So like, I so this obviously to me was like this like the onset of basically the rest of the movie. Yes. So th- because the rules were laid out very specifically, and immediately they were broken. They broke the rules instantly the first time. Yeah. You know whether or not it was Mia's fault, you know, mm-hmm. like which I don't think it was on the inception of this. Like, I would argue it was her trip babysitters. Right, right. So, but she stayed way over the limit, and now she's like, you know, the the th- in the reality of the movie, the ghosts have now latched onto her. Right, she's way yeah. past like she she's sort of now this like in she's her spirit is like in between now, where the ghosts kind of like come and go as they want with I, her. I, I like the but doorway, also now she's addicted. Yeah, I like right? the doorway metaphor kind of it, where it's like okay, you do the thing, you open the door for ninety seconds, you close the door. Well, if you go over 90 seconds, the door doesn't always close all the way. Mm-hmm. So now she can kind of, she starts hallucinating a lot right. more often, seeing like weird shit and seeing spirits. Right. And it's sort of, and it's, again, it's, it's that, it's that, um, drug analogy where it's like, oh, you know, you just do it once. You do a little you know, bit. Or you, you do, do a little, little bit, bit at the party. More, maybe you the do next a little party, bit more. And you know, a little bit more. Right. But it's like, once you do it, it's like that door doesn't necessarily it's not like a oh it's closed i did it the once you know yeah. it doesn't always work that way right yeah. <laughs> freak infrequently does it work that way yeah you know which is like you know again very smart but so like anyway she gets out they get they get her out eventually and she's like you know at first you think that she's gonna be like that was terrifying but then she's like that was awesome she loved it. apparently this like extremely heinous looking experience is like so fun well, I mean, it's so, like, the only thing that I can think of is that it is so unlike any other right. type of experience you could possibly endure, even with drugs right, or, like, right. hallucinogens. It is so Well, she's only, like, different. tried weed once, right? Yeah, we yeah. learn we learn that she's like, I had, I, I only, I only smoked, like, once a little bit. Yeah. yeah. We learn out later. We learn about that later, and it's, like, when they're trying to paint Mia as this, like, bad child, and it's, like. Yeah, this terrible influence. Who's, like, she did, like. She smoked weed a little, like, one time. The, that party ends, but then immediately we go almost right into the next party. Because basically what happens is everybody was there, the whole, our main crew. Um, m- but multiple people, <coughs> only Mia did did it, did hand, right? Of our group. Yeah. Of our group. So now, um, was Daniel? Daniel, Daniel yeah. sort of gets the other two, gets Jade and, and Mia to ask 
the uh, ask Joss and Haley like, hey, can we have like another party so I can try it? Yeah, you know, he's like, cause he's a. They paint him as this like they they say it in the movie at some point. He's like hyper Christian, ultra Christian, right? ultra Christian, well, ultra Christian. <laughs> Which, but also later in the movie, we learn that he's because there's the, the police get called at some point, and he's like, oh, the police won't they won't question my parents because I'm 18, you know. So yeah. so it's like I think he's just like this super sheltered kid who just yeah. wants to like. Clearly from a very conservative home, and he's, like, he hasn't lived that life yet. Right, which is why, like, you know, so we we learn that he's, we we know that he's dated both Jade and Mia, but in in the next scene, we'll learn that, like, one of the ghosts that, like, possesses him claims that, like, she, she, when he's possessed, the ghost looks at uh, Jade, and he, she's, and the ghost is like, you make his dick soft. Yeah. And like, which is so funny and brutal. And we've already heard from her that they have They haven't just kissed. kissed. They have oh, they've only kissed. They've and they've only been dating kissed. three months. And he's eighteen, she's seventeen. That's weird. Like, that timetable is so suspicious. Sus. Well, so my question is like, do you think that he doesn't fuck or do anything with Jade because he just is super into Mia? Or do you think he's, like, gay, but closeted because he's from a hyper-Christian, you know? I just think he's not I, into her. I I think he's I, into the idea of having a girlfriend, but not necessarily all, all the other, like, you know, things I that think, are involved. I, after, but I get what you're upon saying. Upon further reflection, I kind of read it as... Because even his interactions with Mia are, like, not sexual. Like, they have a longer-standing relationship, and they sleep together in bed, but, like, they sleep, like, 69 style, where it's like, all right, your head goes up there, my head goes up here, we're not touching even. They call you know, it head and foot, not 69 like, is for general. It's like, it's like military-style sleep, right? Where it's like, <laughs> you know, we're just gonna sleep alternating, you know? <laughs> but, like, even the scenes that are, like, really intimate between Mia and Daniel... Uh, uh, like I felt we're still like pretty cold. Yeah. Like so I think from it, him. Uh, yeah, from him. I so I I kind of read it as like he's he he's just kind of looking for some sort of outlet. Just you know, like he's he's got he's been like hopping from beard to beard, you know. But I, I he kind of reads. It's a reasonable suspicion. I, I don't think it's crazy to assume. <clears throat> so and so he's actually uh, like an interesting character because yeah because so basically what happens is we get the. The next night we have a party and that's where we get the funny like mom yes. <laughs> interaction. But like um, everyone is invited over to Jade's house. Right. And Which, by everyone, I mean Mia, Daniel and Joss and Haley. Yeah. Because they're Joss and Haley are like, look, we have they're another the party. The hand, right. <laughs> yeah. They have the hand and they're like, we have another party we have to take the hand to at like 11. So we can come over before that. And they tell her like, okay, my mom's going to leave at 9, come over at 10. We're just going to do it so that Daniel can try it, and then that's that. You guys can go off to your party. Right. But we're not going to have, like, a big rager at my house. It's a very private session with the hand. A private hand. Private session. hand session. Private handy session. <laughs> so they show up, and immediately they're kind of like pieces of shit, which is great. She's smoking a cigarette when she, or they're smoking a cigarette when they walk in, and Haley, and uh, Haley like throws it at Joss across the room when she catches shit from Jade. Yeah, and she's and like, then what she, the fuck? 
she immediately walks over and starts like clanging around the like liquor bottles. She's like, "Man, I'm thirsty." And fucking Jade's like, "No, we're not drinking. Let's get this over with. Let's do the hand thing." Yeah. Uh. And, and so the the first person who does the who does hand is <laughs> is Daniel. And man, it is a, it is it like a crazy experience because everybody sort of has this like disturbing start to it because they kind of just get like their like head always like flops back and they're like but like his goes on for like a really long time and everyone just thinks he's just choking to death for a minute but then uh, like but Haley and Joss are like no 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 everyone come down wait just give him a minute it's only nine seconds and then it like and then Daniel finally like snaps to it and he just (laughs) like they they say later on in the movie they think like you know, oh, like, do you think that the, the the ghosts sort of, like, know what we're thinking? And somebody says, well, like, yeah, they're sort of, like, in us. Yeah. So, like, probably. And so I think, like, this is just, like, the ghost being, like, yo, this dude is so horny, but he's got nothing. So repressed. He's so repressed, but the, the, so that there's, so I'm just gonna, like, let the horny out. And he, like, the ghost talks about, like, oh, Jade, you make his dick soft, like, and he's, and then eventually the <laughs> ghost starts, like, jerking off yeah like it's like a full-on like jerk off set his lips he's like and then eventually like it gets so like it starts like air humping so hard that the chair like that he's strapped into falls over to the ground and we forgot to mention that uh that jade and that whole jade and riley they have this bulldog named cookie who is played by a bulldog named Cookie. So Aww. Cookie plays herself in this movie. <laughs> we love that for Cookie. <laughs> and also, no spoil. Cookie safe. The dog is in and out of this movie yes, unharmed. This is a no dog violence movie. Un uh, unharmed, which I'll explain because now, uh, you know, the, uh, again, Daniel's like possessed. Daniel's flopped over, and now Cookie, the dog, like walks over to Daniel, who's like humping the floor now because it's just like. There's nothing else it can do because he's just like strapped into his chair. <laughs> it's like humping the floor. The dog comes over and starts like licking Daniel's face. And then Daniel and this dog start doing like full on oh. bestiality making out. It's so gross. It's, it's slobber everywhere. Tongue in, in dog mouth and dog tongue in human mouth. But apparently that whole thing was a puppet dog. With CGI enhancements. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. It looks very real, it's too. It's so good. Because I honestly thought it was real. I thought it was so real. And I was like, oh. well, I don't know. Maybe Australia's got other things going on with their <laughs> animals. Which I wasn't... I was like, you know what? If this is the worst that it gets, like, this is a pretty good movie. So I'm not going to poo-poo it. But yeah, apparently, Puppet Dog. Thank with God. CGI dog tongue mouth. It's all CGI enhanced. I'm like, this is how we use CGI. We don't just, like, spray the whole movie with CGI blood. We only use it for, for mock... Dog making out. Right? <laughs> Imagine you're that puppeteer. You go home and you're like, oh, honey, what'd you do today? Well, I mean, how are the kids? I'd be used the bulldog face to make out with a t- teenager possessed by a demon. You're like, oh, oh no. that's nice, honey. <laughs> God, that's what pays the bills, huh? Oh, my God. But yeah, apparently all it's it's all above board. Well, that's good. <laughs> Uh, they, which they, is so gross because because once he uh, they blow like they stop the possession right they blow out the candle they cut the connection and like immediately 
Daniel like shoots up right, and he's like he knows that they've all been recording, and he's like delete it, delete it, because he knows instantly what he did because they explained that like they're in the passenger seat, so he knows that he just they spent the last like ten everything. minutes. Yeah. Well, I guess it's only two minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he spent the last two minutes like jerking off, humping the floor, making out with the dog, and he's got like dog hair like all over his wet fucking face, right? <laughs> it's the most. His mouth looks so gross. It's very good. In fact, I would wager that, like, if you made out with a dog in real life, you would look way less gross than he does at that point in the movie. But they do such a good job of making it, look, like, just <laughs> so disgusting. But so he, like, runs out of the room in embarrassment, like, meh! You know? <laughs> like, meh, my church! You know? But then it kicks off the best scene the of best scene the in the movie. movie. And this is when we were talking about. Amazing. The, the, it's a fantastic little, like, montage. Yeah. Because they're like, all right, well, that was that. And then Mia's like, well, wait, can I, can yeah, can, I do can it I do again? It? And so it kicks into like this party sequence, right? And this is what I was talking about earlier. This, this awesome fucking scene that apparently took 30 minutes to film. Um, just like when it just goes so hard. Like the, the music is so good. There's a part, and everybody sort of like takes turns. Like even yeah, even get, Daniel comes back because yeah. he's like, ah, oh, you know what? The party's still going. Everyone takes turns getting possessed. We get to see Mia do it. Uh, we get to see Joss do it. We get to see Haley do it, and we get to see Daniel do it again. Again, and we get this really cool. So the the music is like really hitting, and like the beat's really awesome. And we get a bit where like we get to see Mia's uh, next possession, and she gets possessed by like this like french ghost who like is singing this like really creepy song but like also to the beat of the music and like all everything and the, the, the camera is just like whipping around in circles the whole time like it just looks it's so cool like even if you don't even watch the movie just watch this one scene because it's fucking rips like it's so yeah, good it's awesome it's I, I i literally was floored by how good the scene was like it's just so well done it's so like illustrates like how well everything about the movie is put together like how yes. good the actors are how well written the characters are how, like the cinematography is awesome like the 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 like audio design is so awesome the like, simple premise of the mythology it's just is it's just like perfect it is yeah. is such a good scene and apparently it took 30 minutes to film so it's like fucking slam dunk go for them it's like perfect <laughs> it's so good and it, it, it's just awesome and then it, you know, it, and then it ends, you know, uh, with like the party sort of winding down, and they're like, "Oh, you, like, like want, anyone want to do like one more?" And Riley is like, "Yo, like, well, let me do it." And everyone's like, "Eh, I don't think so." You're like, kind of young. His sister's you're like a little like, kid. Yeah, yeah, his sister's like, "No, you're like twelve, so let's not." And then, and then he's like, gets real mad, and she like storms out of the room after they fight, and he tries to. So Riley tries to like, guilt trip Mia, and Mia, like, he's looking for approval from Mia. Riley is and Mia's like looking for approval from Riley because she, he's her like adopted family right like she yeah. wants to continue to be part of the family so she's sort of stuck in between but like because Jade leaves the room and she's only being able to be guilt tripped by one person you know Riley's like I thought you'd be like you know on my side I thought you'd be fucking cool yeah and so she goes okay well how about like 50 seconds and so like they come up with this compromise, and then he goes for it. You know, she convinces everyone. She was like, "All right, like, just give him fifty seconds. We'll all go together." You know, and so they do it one more time, and you know, Riley Riley goes for it, and this kid fucking kills it. Like he yeah. is, 
his acting is so good here because what happens, obviously, because we're in a movie and the story's got to come together, right? He gets, he ends up getting possessed by uh, who we're led to believe is Mia's mother, the yes. go- the ghost of Mia's mother. So obviously, you know, he like turns to her and she, he's like, oh, you know. Oh, you know, uh, I'm so proud of you, Mia. Like, I miss you so much. Me, like, specifically, me. Oh, yeah, uses like a nickname for yeah, her that like, like only like the, the mother, mom would the, know. Yeah, the motherly pet name. Yeah, right. And daughter. so, so now Mia is like, oh shit. So like, she, she's talking to like her her mother, and the possessed Riley is like speaking back, and it's just like so crazy that this little like fucking like 15 year old kid can like do this sort of like impassioned like motherly response to like another yeah, like 16 year old yeah, girl yeah. it's fucking crazy but they sell it so well and so uh, but obviously you know now mia is like well I, I have to keep her i have to keep her online as long as i can you know so they end up going way over the like 90 second limit right and this is when and even Haley is like hey uh it's uh, 60, hey, 60 hey. seconds <laughs> everyone starts waving the flags yeah. like at a nascar they're like yeah. flag flag <laughs> uh and so they try to rip the thing off and like shut the door and whatever and then all hell breaks loose right like um the the whoever's possessing Riley either turns or like yeah, we've seen or he gets sort of like times where like possessed by somebody yeah, else somebody right? else kind of slips, slips in, in instead of the initial possession right a it's different person it's some it's something like in. that and so like the the possession stop and just like turns on a dime and like all of a sudden he like is like Riley's like choking around like coughing out weird words that like, you can't really like hear very well and then just starts like fucking smashing his head against the the table that he's sitting in front of and this oh. is where the brutality of the movie really comes in because man the effects of these like head smashing at the table like you see like teeth and flesh like flying everywhere it is Gory. It is probably one of the goriest scenes I've ever seen. This table at like fucking Mach three, dude, smashing and with such fucking force, and like right after the first one, it's just blood spewing out of his head, streaming down his face, and he's slamming again and slamming again, and everyone jumps in after the third one to try and help and save him, and. They can't. They just can't get a fucking hold on him. It's it's. Bananas. And then he he like gets he like slides backwards across the room in the chair from this possession mm-hmm. and smashes the back of his head against this glass. And then he's smashing his head into this other table that's nearby. Right, and like Jade runs in, like his sister runs in because everybody's freaking out because they can't get the hand off of him. He's gripping onto it so hard they can't get it off. He's like he oh oh my god the eye. The eye. Oh, he tries to pull oh, his own eyeball guys, yeah, out. If you, oh! if you guys can't handle, ah! if you guys can't handle eye stuff, this one's gonna be a rough one for you because he like while he's still being possessed, one one of his hands is like it re it like tries to pull out his own eye and it gets so deep in there, dude. He gives it like such a squeeze, mm. and all of the friends are like trying to grab his hand and stop him from doing it. And dude, it's like I don't know how they did that. It looks crazy it looks so real old eye but it's just it's insane so he's like fucking flying all over the room like dragging the chair to this wall to that wall smashing against things and he's like like again like teeth are flying flesh is flying blood is going 
everywhere. Like, he keeps trying to smash his head against stuff. Eventually, Jade runs in, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And everyone's like, I don't know, we gotta stop him! And, like, he's smashing his face against this, like, dresser, and just, like, in an attempt to just stop anything, like, Jade just puts her hand there, and he just smashes his hand down and shatters Jade's whole hand. Like, just, like, Ugh. you can, and you can see it, and it's like, just crunch. The whole hand is, like, fucking destroyed. And she screams. It's such a good... It's a great, like, pain scream. They immediately go into, like... It's so funny. Mia is, like, completely fucking, like, starts disassociating. Yeah, she just, like, like, basically leaves the room. She starts trying to, like, wash her hands. So, just like in the beginning where, like, the only thing in focus is Mia, Mm -hmm. like, everyone else kind of gets muted. Yep. Like, they're out of focus and the, like, the audio gets a little bit more muted and you hear Joss and Haley and they're like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, the cops are already, like, looking at us because of Duckett. Like, we we gotta, we can't get the, no one can talk about the hand Everyone has to get, yeah, let's their get story our story straight, straight right now, which is exactly what as soon it's as just someone what turns, that's exact. Someone goes, "All right, we need to get our story straight." Yeah, it's exactly how it is when someone overdoses at a party. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly how it goes, or it's like same, gets into an accident or it's, something. Yeah. It's 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 such a it, the whole movie is such a well written like one to one of the entire experience of drug experimentation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the cops show up. They take the kid away, and it's like a really good. Uh, the The whole scene is really good, basically, because like, it, it's it's just all a very muted background exposition to just like Mia disassociating and dealing with it on her own terms. Right? She just kind of ignores it all and does her best to just be like she just like looks down for the next, like, 20 minutes of the movie as everything else happens sort of quietly in the background around her. Like, you know, uh, Riley gets pulled to the hospital. Like, everyone's sort of, like, dealing, like, trying to figure out what their story is, you know. Eventually, she goes, she gets picked up by her dad, brought home. She washes her hands, stays in her bloodstained clothes, then goes back out to the hospital to go see Riley. And this is where I sort of lost some of the characters a little bit because, like... I, I get that, like, it's a traumatic experience, but, like, Jade and her mom, like, turn so hard on Mia. Instantly, yeah. Because Mia, like, because the movie tried to establish Mia as, like, this troubled kid who, like, clearly she's dealing with grief because her mom kills herself, but it's, like, they're, like, oh, you're the, you're the problem kid because you, like, I know you tried weed once, you yeah. know, and it's, like, that's how we're gonna, like, martyr her, like, because she did well, that. I mean, like... like- <laughs> In the defense of mom and, you know, in pretty much just mom. Uh, in the defense of mom, it, it's like you don't know what happened. None of the kids are being honest with you. Nobody. You can tell they're covering something up because that doesn't just happen to a kid. We get to see what, like, the aftermath of this mm-hmm. has taken on his face. And he's like... Dude, the makeup his face is, is so, so fucking good. swollen. He's got, like, everything is covered in, like, gashes and wounds. And he's, like, just just a big swollen mass. It the ma- the makeup on the on Riley is... So, apparently, And apparently that kid spent, like, multiple days, like, eight hours a day in that makeup. No like, surprise. At, like, just fucking sweating it out in this crazy ass makeup but it looks so good he looks disgusting like man does he look fucked up and it only gets worse because he keeps like waking up you know and every time he wakes up because he's like still like possessed you know 
Because they didn't, like, properly, like, close the... Yeah, we find out eventually that, like, they didn't do the end of the ritual, which is where you have to blow out the candle... To close the door, To right? close the door. So every time he wakes up, he freaks he's out trying and to tries kill to himself. kill himself. Similar to... We assume he's going through the same experience that Duckett did in the cold open. Yes. You know, where he's, like, in this insane state. And we find out that a- after this whole accident, we find out that th- there is an additional rule... And the rule is if you die while you're possessed, they get to keep, they you, keep you on the other like side. Like they keep your soul, right? Yeah. Like, so it's like a Hellraiser kind of kind of deal. <laughs> I've seen people online compare the scene when when Mia, like, uh, gets to see what's happening to him. People compare it to in society when the, like, the flesh <laughs> amalgam happens, you know? Yes. Where the guy's like... You know, like, <laughs> all, everybody in the town is sort of one big flesh pile. They're merging. Yeah. yeah the, people compare it to that because that's how disgusting it looks. But eventually, like, we get a lot of, like, poo-pooing on Mia because, the, the like, the mom doesn't know what's going on. So she blames me. She's like, oh, I know you've tried stuff before. That's what the, she says. Yeah. She's like, you've tried stuff before. What did you give him? Because, like, you know, we can't possibly imagine. Eventually later, everybody, like, Mia basically gets completely... Because they the um, cops the cops end up finding the video the, the, that the they, snapchats the snapchats <laughs> and they're like well clearly like n- no one was touching him nobody was you know he wasn't doing drugs like clearly he smashed his own face right so eventually she gets vindicated but it's like way too late by the time that happens yeah but yeah so like the the, the mom Sue turns against Mia um. Jade does like a real hard turn against Mia. Like nobody wants her around, and I feel bad for her. I because I, I I know you said you you don't find Mia that like no. I what I like about Mia is that I don't I don't personally from my own experiences find Mia to be particularly like sympathetic. Like every scenario she gets put in, she like pushes the line and she like goes too far out of like the safety net like she she's the kind of person who always gets too fucked up at the party Mm. and me personally i fucking can't stand that person (laughs) i'm like like understand that she's a teenager or whatever but like i've had you know times where i got way too drunk but i was never like a destructive mess who fucked up my life indefinitely well yeah but you also like <laughs> like your mom didn't like you know kill herself in Fair. like your family bathroom Fair. right you know like <laughs> she's dealing with like this whole movie she's dealing with something that is like like incomprehensible to both you and me because we never had to deal with anything even remotely that like that bad right yeah. like we've all had we both had like family members die you know even like I in just, our presence i just but, don't like, think that gives her the excuse to consistently make the wrong decision and granted she's playing with forces wait, but we're we're too beyond we're, her control. we're two men like who who've like lived enough life to be like oh that's a mistake you yeah know? <laughs> but like she she's a she's like a a girl who is still in the throes of like hormonal development who's had her mother kill herself uh, like and her and now has had supernatural possession like drugs thrown into like the mix of it all mm-hmm. i find her like you know tragic and like you know she doesn't always make the best decisions. but that's kind of like the night the cool thing about the movie is like she's not like a like 
She's not. She's not a martyr, right? You know, she's not. Yeah, she's not like this like golden idol of like oh like she's our final girl. Like she's paragon of morality. Yeah, exactly. Like she's perfect. You know, she's super flawed. And this movie is just like yeah. And sometimes like bad shit happens, and (laughs) fuck you because it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Like uh, sometimes you just get caught up in shit, and life just goes sucks to suck. Like, sometimes people get to, like, you know, have traumatic experiences, or, like, sometimes people get caught up in drugs, and they get to, like, you know, get through it, and, like, come out on the other end recovered, and, like, sometimes you just... You don't. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes that's it. (laughs) Like, and that's what kind of this movie's about. Um, so, like, you know, the whole movie's just, like, really brutal to Mia. I, I, I think it's, like, very tragic. I find her, like, super sympathetic, because... I, like really she nothing is her fault really like is she like she's complicit in a lot of like like snowballing effects but it's like not like she like is actively being like i really want to make the worst decision possible you know it's always like a thing that where she's like i'm just doing the best that i can to cope with like this horrible situation that i find myself in you know and nobody's telling me how to do it properly right you know so she just it's just like cascading like just like shit on shit on shit uh, it's just like and and she and obviously the, uh, our main character you know Sophia plays it like so well. Oh, I yeah, I'm she's right. I am by no means taking away the the amazing performance that she's giving cuz I think she sells this oh, character no, yeah, 100%. For sure. But I've just I've been <laughs> friends with enough of people who are like this where I'm like I <laughs> you're, you're I super jaded about this character archetype. Even, even when I was like 17, 18, and like I was into some stuff, but like I never I I I could I could identify that person from like, you know, across the room. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that person is gonna get way too fucked up tonight. That person is gonna yeah. fuck some shit up. I, oh yeah. I should probably not intentionally like hang out with that person because they consistently fuck shit up. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get that, but I don't know. I still I still find her very like, she she's like she's like a Shakespearean, like she's like something out of fucking like Macbeth <laughs> or something, you know, or not even that, even farther. Like she's like fucking like like Oedipus almost. It's like she's like a Greek tragedy. It's almost so brutal to her. Um, but yeah, so basically, like she she we get like a bunch more scenes so she ends up seeing her mother a lot in the she sees her in the in the hospital but the the rest of the movie is sort of like it's this like snowball effect like progression of like more and more she keeps seeing her mom she keeps seeing other spirits because after that night she she's the one who ends up with the hand she steals the hand she she does end up taking it yeah and uh And she keeps using the hand independently, like, without any other supervision. Right. She doesn't let spirits in, but she keeps using it to talk. She, she keeps using the talk to me function of yeah, the hand yeah. to keep talking to her mom. Like The preview. Night. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, Yeah, exactly. She keeps doing that, like, where you, like, leave the 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 netflix like thumbnail up and it plays and like it the, rolls you know, the trailer yeah <laughs> where you can just kind of spend a whole night doing that you know yeah. and you're like we didn't even watch anything and it's like midnight i guess we'll go to bed um <laughs> but yeah she keeps doing that and i like how subtle the movie is about it like they don't overtly it's not like um you know when <laughs> in like twilight 
when it's like when there's like the the like seasons like where the camera keeps going yes. around Bella and it's like yeah. look how sad she's been for six months you know <laughs> it's not as overt as that but it's like you know you can tell through context that like she's she, she's gonna keep doing that like uh, I gotta talk to my mom I want to hang out with my mom and she's gonna yeah. like hold the hand and let her like and lay in bed and let her lay with me you know but also we we learned earlier on in the movie that like somebody said maybe it was the spirits themselves but like it, we got like a, a specific dialogue uh, you know uh that was just like the spirits will lie to you yeah they will impersonate other people somebody said it i don't remember who but like it was like a rule that was established early on and everyone was like ah forget that one because the spirit's objective is not to like give you like a message or a sign from the other side the spirit's objective is to hold on to you as long as they can so that they can Which we'll learn take over. we'll learn why at the very end. Like like how it kind of works. Yeah. But yeah, so basically the rest of the movie is and I liked this about it is um it, it gets very I I said to you yesterday, it, it, it feels very um it follows where we sort of get this like sort of mini adventure where they try to track down Cole, the guy from the cold open, mm-hmm. um, to find out more information about how the hand works because Riley is like caught up in the hospital. He keeps trying to kill himself every every time he comes to. Jade wants some answers. Mia just wants to like not be ostracized from her like adopted family. So like they get to you know they they go on this like mini adventure in Adelaide where they're like where's the fuck's Cole yeah. and they find him like at the perfect time where he's like about to skip town right yeah he's, he's got like a bus he, he might as well have like a like a, a fucking stick. busker hat and a little bindle <laughs> stick you know where he's like I'm just gonna sing songs in every city until I'm <laughs> a- away from Adelaide <laughs> they find him and they're like hey you know like Joss shows up and he's like oh, fucking Joss. You know, like, there's a line where he's like, you know, they explain the whole situation, and he, like, looks at Joss, and he's like, maybe it's, like, about time you stop fucking up everybody's life. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's like, maybe you get rid of and, it and, and Josh destroy is like, it. But that's the fun thing about, because, like, Joss and Haley in an American movie would have been, like, the worst characters. They would have been, like, worse than, like, Freddy vs. Jason characters, you know? They would have mm-hmm. been so annoying, and we would have hated them, and they would have died in the movie, and we would have loved to see it because they'd be so fucking obnoxious. But in this movie, they're, like, just regular people. And, like, we're not really that mad at them, you know? Like, we're, j- you know, and they feel they feel remorse, right? They're using the hand in a different way. So they're using the hand to gain popularity and become the cool people because they have right. the hand. As opposed to Mia, who is using the hand as a function to continue to... Right, but also they're not mend that grief that she has not being able to communicate with her. Right, because but because that's they're well written characters. Yes, like in again in like any other movie, they would have just been like not funny, like poorly written, like death fodder characters. Yes, you know, and they would have died like like off screen or either on screen stupidly like sometime later in the movie but like you can tell like they they themselves feel bad like they're like oh yes. shit like we got this whole like like they they feel remorse and you can see the Joss like when Cole is like maybe you should stop fucking up people's lives like you can tell it really hits both of them because they out themselves out of the rest of the movie they're like yeah we're like yeah they're like we we're feel, done they're like we feel so bad we're never touching this hand again you guys can just just they go we're out of the movie please burn it when you're done yeah and they go and i'm like what like a 
like what a nice clean break like for these characters to get out of the movie you know also the the scene where they confront cole they cole gets they all get onto this bus as he's leaving and it's one of those like sectional buses with that weird middle part that sort of like like bendy yeah but like the, the camera is like facing all the way down the bus right and as the bus drives they're all talking and you can see the bus swaying and it's such a trippy scene with like just very mundane dialogue happening so good. It's, like, it's really cool show. But, like, um, but yeah, so Cole basically, he, he sort of, like, drips in this line where he's like, oh, like, uh, it's weird that that's happening to this, the, to your friend, because, like, the longer that the spirit is in, the weaker it gets, so, like, he should just get better eventually. And they're like, well, he's not, but you're like, well, I don't know, like, maybe he will. <laughs> yeah. But you don't know that, and neither do they, so they're like, well, give us a solution. He's like, no, I'm leaving. And so they're like, well, I guess we gotta guess now. Yeah. The rest of the movie is them just being like, I don't know, I'll it's, get, we'll it's just, just we'll just literally do our best guess at what we can do to finish It's this. just trial and error and troubleshooting. Um, so their first solution is like, all right, well, let's take the hand back to Riley. We'll try and get Riley to fucking, you know, do the hand and maybe he'll close the door because we didn't close the door in the first place. Right, but that doesn't work because doesn't Riley's work. unconscious. He's unconscious. But then we get like, a cool scene. At Their next try is Mia's like, let me try and like I'll, I'll try to find him. So they, they do the same ritual but like over top of him. And this is really get a really cool scene. Because this is when the little girl shows up. So they, she goes, talk to me. And a little girl shows up sitting, like, you know, crisscross applesauce on the, like, bed of their friend. And this is this part gave me, like, super chills. Because Mia's like, you know, hey, this guy right here. Like, where is he? Can you help me find him? You know? And the little girl goes, like, yeah, I think I can help you find him. And then she, like, th- she's still holding her hand. She goes, I let you in. Yeah. You know? And then and I was she like, takes oh, Mia shit. to the... To the further. Yeah, yeah, basically, it, well, it's like, it's like a cross between the further and whatever, um, the, whatever the Cenobites go to when they're, like, done for I the think night. it's just hell. Or no, it's, it's, um, well, not just hell, it's like where the Cenobites go when they're, like, uh, on break. It's like the break room of the Cenobites. I think it, it, it's under the Leviathan. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, super... Basically, we get a scene of, like, Mia gets to see what's apparently happening, you know, in quotes, to Riley. I still don't believe that that even the little girl is being, like, truthful. Because I think if the spirits can lie, they can probably appear as other things, too. You know? Well, we know that they can appear as other things. Yeah, so I don't think that that little girl... I think that was just, like, the little girl that she appears as is just, like, the spirits fooling Mia again. I believe the little girl. I I don't. I think I think this whole movie, everything, because we only ever see the spirits from Mia's point of view. Anytime in the movie anybody grabs That's onto true. Anytime in the whole movie anybody else besides Mia grabs onto the hand or like sees something, we don't get to see anything. It's only when like Mia is being directly interacted with that we see stuff. So I think because the spirits are like horribly unreliable narrators and Mia also is not really that reliable because she's going through some shit. I, I, I think she wants to like, they're in this room and she wants like a guide to help her. And the most trustworthy thing at that time is like, who's going to distrust like a cute little girl, right? Reasonable. You know? 
But basically, the little girl shows Mia, like, fucking... Riley is being, like, like hyper-molested by, like, every gross, wet spirit possible. It's just, like, there's, like, 50 people all clawing <clears throat> at his body, and he's just, like, laying in, <clears throat> in the hospital bed, screaming and writhing in pain... <laughs> As if, like, every Hieronymus Bosch fucking oh, painting came to life and just disgusting. tried to fucking rip your guts out while you were sleeping. Heinous. Fucking heinous. Um, <clears throat> but again, I, you know, my reading on it, and this is totally up to interpretation. The whole movie is, really, for the most part. I, I think this is all false. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, it, it's a pretty convincing, you know, falsity, you know, because, you know... Mia comes out of it and she's like screaming and she's like they're fucking torturing this kid you know and it's just doubling up on her guilt right like yeah. he already is fucked up physically let alone spiritually right so they're like she's like they're torturing him like he's never gonna get, like and basically she's like so tormented by it that like and the friends like Jade doesn't even want her there anyway so eventually she leaves the hospital and this is when she goes back home Oh, we forgot the part. Eventually, we forgot the foot-sucking part. Eventually, she goes... Uh. She takes Daniel home because Daniel, like, is like, I don't want to go home. And she's like, well, I don't want to be alone. And so they end up sleeping together. She's like, well, just come back to my house. My dad doesn't care because he's blurry. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> he's a bad person. Because he's blurry. You can't, he doesn't have any opinions. So they, like, um, sleep, they end up sleeping together, um, just, like, you know, head to toe again. And, like, Mia wakes up halfway through, and she, there's, like, a creepy wet woman, like, and they do that. It's just, like, hereditary when, like, the mom's, like, in the corner, you know? It is. You get a lovely, like, middle-of-the-night scary woman crawls out of the corner and fucks up your evening. Yeah, and so Mia's, like, screaming when she's like, Daniel, wake up! Wake up! She's coming over you! And she, the, oh, this gross wet woman, like, climbs up onto the bed with Daniel, and she's like, hey, I got him now! And she grabs his foot and goes... Puts the whole and fucking like, thing whole, in her mouth. Uh, I've seen I've seen like pornos where less like foot goes into this mouth. You yes. Know? And like Mia keeps screaming and screaming and screaming, and eventually Daniel wakes up, not because Mia was screaming, but because it was Mia that was possessed, and it, Mia is like sucking on his foot. And I'm like, good for you, Sophia. Like you went whole hog. You like fully committed to this scene because you put a foot in your mouth, a whole fucking foot, like. <sighs> Like, it's so, uh, it goes so uh, deep on this foot, man. It's crazy. But, so, like, I mean, Mia's just, like, doing all sorts of crazy stuff this movie. Um, but eventually she goes home, the like, the final time. And she's, like, so tired of this all. She And she fi- has this final, like, meeting with her dad, who's, like, finally in focus for the first time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and he tries to read her this, like, suicide note. He's like, I have this thing. Because she said, she said early in the movie... Um, while he was still blurry, that, um, like, uh, you know, because after she got back from all the trauma from that first scene with that that big, you know, the big fucking face-smashing scene, um, the dad is like, I wish you'd just, like, I, I know you're, like, keeping something from me. I wish you'd just tell me. And she goes, oh, like, you keep stuff from me? Like, I know you're keeping, you're, you're keeping a secret about mom's death, you know, because the spirits told her that, like, you know, oh, no, you don't have the whole truth. She was like, oh, I'm not, like, yeah. I didn't kill myself. Like, I'm, I would never kill myself. I would, I would never, never I would but never then, separate myself from you. Like, I was trying yeah, to get help. Yeah, but then the dad reads her a letter that is, like, clearly a suicide note from the mom, which is where the mom is like, you know, I, I'm killing myself. Like, uh, I'm, 
it's a traditional suicide letter. Like, I'm so sorry. I hope, you know, you guys can move on from this. Like, I just hope you take some solace in the fact that, like, now I'm not in pain anymore. But Mia is like, well, that's not true because she told me. And the dad is like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You know, and she's like, no, she told me. She told me she didn't do it. <laughs> and then she, like, storms up to her room. And the whole movie, she's been having this nightmare with this, like, this really good audio, like, beat of, like, because the dad found the mom in the bathroom, right? And he had to bust down the door. I think it was in her room. No, it was in the bathroom. She was in the bathroom. The oh. mom was in the bathroom. She killed herself there. The dad couldn't open the door because, because the mom's was body was pressed against, against, against it. Yeah. So he had to, like, beat the door down. And so the whole movie is sort of, like, there's, like, this overlaying, overture? like, this overture of, like, this, like, like this bass thumping of which is the dad busting down the door to reveal the death of this mother and you hear it like throughout all her she has a sex dream earlier in the movie with her and david where this thumping of like busting down the door to reveal her dead mom is also happening at the same By the time way, that dream sequence one awesome. of the most convincing dream sequences so i've good. ever seen so good it, Great it plays out work. exactly the way dreams are it's like mm-hmm. segmented and it's not exactly like fluid yep. but it's it, it it tells a narrative and it is it, it, <clears throat> it exists in like a liminal space between like yeah daytime and shifting to nighttime mm-hmm. and it's very good and so like you know so so mia is is like she storms out of the room she goes to her room because she's like she doesn't want to hear it right she doesn't want to like, believe you, dad yeah she doesn't want to believe that like you know he's telling her the truth and then she gets like a visit from ghost mom Right, and the mom is like, oh no, that's not your dad. Like, he's lying to you. Like, I would never have done that. And an important thing about the mom is that every time we see the mom... From the first time to... the Every time we see her since the first, she gets like... Progressively wetter. Wetter. A little more drippy, because, a little more damp. Yeah, because basically, I mean, it's no spoiler at this point. Like, things aren't going to turn out well for our main character, right? Bad. Things are going to go bad. Because she's being... This is how I read it. She's being... Like, she never talked to her mom. Yeah. She... She... From the very beginning of the movie to the end, like, she let spirits in. They identified that, like, oh, this chick is, like, really missing her mom. If we just lie to her about it, we can get her so good. Yes. And... All it took was one spear, which I think was, like, the... The the wet lady. Yes. From the first person who possessed her. The the first person she let in... Yeah. Yeah. Was like, oh, now I know everything that I need to know about her. And what she knew was that, like, if I just pretend to be her mom enough, I can just, like, be less and less. So so the she has to pretend less and less as the movie goes on, so she gets wetter and wetter. Yes. Because by the end of the movie, we see her, and she's she might as well just be the fucking moist lady. Because oh. initially, we get the voice that comes through Riley... And it's like, hey, I'm your mom. And she's like, whoa, okay. I can't see the spirit right now. I do have to assume that it's my mom. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we see the mom, it's like kind of like a blurry ghost that's like outside mm-hmm. of a doorway. And then we do get a pretty concrete like visual of the mom. And then after that, it's like, okay, I need to appear in front of her a little bit less and a little bit less. Right. Until it's like, all I need to do is use my voice. I don't have to put on the yeah. glamour of her mother. Right. It's it's so good. But basically what happens now is 
you know, the Mia's in her room. The the banging on the door is happening because she's like in a full on like manic mode where she's like does she's like so broken down at this point and she's like so like in such a state. She the mom's trying to talk to her. You know, the mom ghost mm-hmm. right, and she hears the banging on the door, which is like, you know. She, she, Mia assumes is like an attack on her, but it's also like a, a, a memory that's attacking her because it's of the, of her dad breaking yes. down the door to get to her mom, who, her actual mom. But then like the, the mom ghost is like, that's not your dad. He's lying. He's trying to get to you. Like he's going to hurt you. And eventually like the door busts in and like the, the, this like version of the father comes in and he's like all melty and gross. Like all the ghosts are in the movie. He's got like the blue dead eyes. Yeah. And he's all melty and like got sores and stuff. And he like tackles her and he starts wrestling her to the ground and starts choking her out. And she's like, you know, she's under attack and she's like screaming she's like screaming for help. And at the same time that like this, this version of her dad is attacking, we cut to like all the sound stops and we cut to like her regular dad, her actual dad is just in like the living room. sitting in the living room and it's all quiet and he's just like trying to figure out what to do. But then he hears like the disturbance, but it's like quiet. It's not as like rambunctious as in no. the, in the, the scene because there's no music or anything. He just hears like a noise and he goes to like help her and as she is like she she like f- is trying to fight off the ghost dad she like reaches for like a pair of scissors that's near her and then she like s- knocks him away and then grabs the scissors and then right as she does that real dad shows up in <laughs> into the room and she's like he's like Mia how can I help you and she just fucking <clears throat> she has the sharpest pair of scissors I've ever fucking seen like, what, what is she, a professional fucking seamstress? Like, these are, like, razor scissors that, like, she, and she, like, stabs him and then pulls it out and it is, like, such a clean gouge of blood. It's just, like... Yeah, it's a nice little fountain of blood. And, by the way, the blood in this movie, Good. A plus, Good stuff. A plus blood. Good blood. But, yeah, basically, so this is, like, the, so Mia has just stabbed her own father in the neck and this is her, like breaking point right this is where she's been slowly being beaten down by everybody in her life this whole movie including the afterlife right like everybody has just been everyone in life fuck this girl in particular right like (laughs) she's vulnerable let's get her yeah basically and so this is her final she's like all right fuck it i just like killed my dad and i've got like nothing else going for me like i have to save riley wet mom tells her it's like you know wet mom is like you know what you gotta do like you got it. This is the only way to help Riley. Like you have to kill him because then because there's no saving him. But if you kill him, I can protect him. And we, the viewers, are like, bad plan. Yeah, we're like, we at this point the movie doesn't even try to trick you. No, you're like you're like no, this is clearly wrong. You're watching her, but she's already so far past any help that you're like, oh, we can't even help her, right? And so like the you know she goes. She makes, like, a phone call to Jade, and she's like, oh, can you come help me? And she tells Jade to come to her house, but she does it, like, in the parking lot of the hospital so that Jade leaves and she can go into the room, you know? And she has the scissors, like, in her back pocket. And I'm like, nobody in the hospital noticed this, like, clearly bloody, distraught chick. woman, yeah. Like, with scissors, and like, <laughs> razor scissors in her back pocket. Everyone's just gonna let her walk into this room where this kid is in, like 
Like, the, the, like beyond critical. He, he must be in like constant watch because of how damaged he is. A by stray the, feather the could fall on this kid and kill him and end him, right? Yeah. But anyway, so like Mia gets to come in, and right as she's about to like stab him with these scissors, the mom comes in. And she's like, oh, shit. I mean, she puts him down. And then we get some redemption for Sue because she's like, listen, I'm sorry. I was, like, so distraught. Like, I saw, I saw, you know, I saw the video, but obviously I didn't need to see the video because, like, you you love us. You're part of the family. You wouldn't have done any of this. And it's like, Sue, too little, way too late. Way too fucking late. I understand this movie only takes place over the course of, like, two days, but, like, Still, way too little, way too late for Mia. She she needed rapid response. Yes, <laughs> yes. You she guys already spiraling. You guys hardcore alienated her so badly. I kind of blame you for this. <laughs> um, and so, but basically, Mia is like, oh well, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad you feel that way. Can we? Can I have a minute alone with Riley? And Mom's like, oh okay. You know, lets her and then leaves. And then she gets a f- mom gets a phone call from Jade, and Jade's like, "I just showed up at Riley's house. Her dad's bleeding out on the floor, but we do find out he is still alive. He survived. He like has like he used like a curtain <laughs> to like <laughs> close his <laughs> neck wound, and we're like, okay, I guess he's okay. Then he's so he'll survive." And but she goes like, "You have to like where's where's Mia?" And she was like, "Mia's in with." Uh, with, with Riley and she goes no she's she's dangerous she's so dangerous and then like Sue sprints back to, it's like a <laughs> it's like an over the shoulder like like tracking <laughs> shot and um, like a temple run shot <laughs> temple run <laughs> she gets back and they're gone they're gone right and it's like oh shit what's happening and so the next shot we get is like uh, what Jade like pulls back into the parking lot she's in a scramble they're looking for like where can me have gone they, they see her, like, at the corner of her eye, like, Jade sees Mia, like, wheeling in a wheelchair. Like, how, I don't know how she got this kid out of this hospital, but whatever. It, Pretty much you know as what? soon as you disconnect someone from their bed, unless you, like, pull yeah. off the right, like, alarm thing, I'm just, it sets off a fuckload of I'm alarms. just gonna say, like, um, it's Australia, I don't know how the medical profession works here. Also, <laughs> it's a movie... I'm willing to I'm willing to suspend disbelief and just say like oh it's just a shitty hospital. Plenty <laughs> plenty of those exist. Not untrue. <laughs> um, and so like you you see like Mia is like wheelchairing Riley like up a hill right and I'm like I I know what she's trying to do because the next shot we've seen is she's wheeling up a hill but now she's wheeling him down a hill like towards oncoming highway traffic like an overpass right an overpass and like there's traffic coming out and I'm like stamping him had to have been a way easier solution way faster because she's still in a state right because we're we're basically like gearing up for like Mia's final like battle with her morality right Mia isn't necessarily possessed but she's like under the constant influence of wet mom. Yeah. So, we both agree, right, that she's been... So, the whole movie tries to tell us that... To tell viewers that Riley's the one who's possessed, right? Like, he he stayed in way too long because of Mia's influence. Um, and he's con- And he's the one who needs saving. But, we get a cute little throwaway line you know when they are in interrogating cole on the bus where he goes well like it's crazy that he like you know that he needs help because like once the once it's done like the longer that the 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 spirits in there the weaker they get like eventually he'll get better 
And at first, everybody goes, well, he's not. And how do we help him? And you're like, well, yeah, he's not. Because we saw the scene where he, like, multiple scenes where he tries to kill himself by waking up. Yeah. But then we, right, like, right before this whole, like, apex of action, we get, like, another throwaway line where Mia asks Jade how Riley is. And she goes, actually, I think he's getting better. Like, he woke up earlier and he seemed like himself. Which... To me, I, I took it face value as like, you know, because Jade's the only one who is never under the influence of anything in this movie. No, she never does hand. She never does hand. She never does any drugs. Not even real ones. Yeah. She never drinks. She is like straight edge the entire movie. So she's the only one who's just been like, fucking, I'm the only one you can straight believe. edge. You know, she might have an attitude the whole movie, but she's the only reliable person really that we're like following. And so I believe her when it was like, you know, he wakes up and probably is is fine. But also the he has extreme head trauma. So like we you know, the fact that when we do see him he looks fucked up, it's like, well, I don't know. We have Could we, be. We, we should probably believe somebody else, you know. Yeah. Anyway. But so like I I think the whole thing is that like he, that was real. Like he he was possessed and at first in the hospital he was in a bad way, but he did get better. But you, and by, you think by the time she shows up, with yeah, the scissors, by the time he's already out of the woods. Yeah, by the time Mia is like ready to kill him, he's already clean. Like he just needs to recover physically. Um, I I think that like the whole thing is just a ruse to like keep your eye on Riley when really the movie is trying to tell you that like Mia is the person who's under the influence the entire time. Like she, she never, she never comes up from her like drug trip essentially. Like she started and the whole time. She just kept using the entire time. Yeah. So she's not reliable. She's constantly under the influence. She compromised. Yeah. She's compromised the whole time. And so we, she basically we drag, she drags Riley's in, in a wheelchair to this overpass and we get one final like wet mom conversation where now this is where we talked about earlier. She's like fully like she might as well not even be the actress who played the mom anymore. Yeah, we get an over <laughs> we get a really super close up of like the front of Mia like over her shoulder and we can see like the bottom jaw of the like spirit that's influencing her. And it is so bloated and wet and purple again that it's almost completely unrecognizable from the visage of her mother. Such good makeup, It looks way, way closer to the, like, wet lady from the the beginning. beginning. And it's, it's, this is when, for me in the movie, I was like, all right, well, for sure now, it's all been a lie. Like, the, they've been, all the spirits, like, they took her right at the beginning and they've been just fooling her the whole time. And yeah, Riley was was compromised. Like he he was possessed for a while, but like that was just like a distraction so that they could and take Mia, Mia. Isn't even seeing Riley in the chair anymore. She no. sees him as the old man that's right, been the, possessing. Yeah, because she's been seeing him as yeah as this like this gross like dis- disgusting old pervy guy. old guy. Because she's like that's who's possessing Riley. Like that's who's in him. But really, I, I think it's been long since, you know, he's been in there, you know, we had like he, from for, for a long time at this point in the movie, it, he's been fine. And Mia's just been under the influence of her of the wet lady. Um, and 
So basically Riley, like, or not Riley, um, Mia sort of has this one, like, final decision to make of, like, she has to, like, be like, all right, am I going to make a decision that's totally influenced by me? Or am I going to, like, listen to outside influences? And the decision is, like, do I fucking dump this kid into the highway? Or do I let go? And she does make the decision to not do it. She very clearly on camera lets go of the wheelchair. Because, and it's it's funny because we, we, we Earl, in the very beginning of the movie, there's, like, the scene where they come her and Riley come across the dying kangaroo in the road. Yeah. Um, and she goes to put it out of its misery by like running over it again, but she stops at the last second and she can't put it out of its misery. And there's a lot of imagery like at the end where like Riley is now the kangaroo because the mother is like, just put him out of his misery. Like, kill him and I'll help but she's already established that she's like she's not capable do of yeah. doing that. Yeah. So like that's why she doesn't kill him. But, you know, she lets go we see a, a shot of her letting go of the the uh the wheelchair, but then the next shot we see is a like the a, it, a different car with like a couple driving down the highway and we just see like just something just just slightly in frame of the windshield like hits the car and but then the whole car fucking goes crazy and careens off the road and like the next shot we see is like mia like splattered across the fucking highway like and she like is laying there and we can see all the fucking like skid mark road rash is so intense oh god it's so good and so basically this you know we, she gets up from that, but like we can, we as viewers know that like there's no way. Like she looks so bad, there's no way she just stands up. She's obviously dead. Right? It looks like she was thrown from a motorcycle. Yeah, at like eighty miles yeah. an hour. She's obviously dead, and immediately the movie is like, yeah, we're not gonna try and play around with you because all of the there's like a bunch of bystanders that stop their cars and they're like looking, but they're not looking at this like woman standing up. No, they run right past her. Yeah. So, like, clearly, and then she sees her body, you know, and, like, and then we get a bunch of these, like, trippy scenes where she, like, is sort of, she's back in the hospital room, but she sees, like, Riley and Jade and the mom, and they're, like, Riley's all better, right? And the whole hospital is a lot cleaner looking now than it was in the rest of the movie. Um, and there's one guy who's, like, on a respirator in an earlier scene. In an earlier who scene. Who has, like, a room that's right down the hall from Riley. Right. And now that she's in the hospital, she's, like, walking towards Riley's room. Mm-hmm. And you see mm-hmm. that the room is completely cleaned out. And the only thing left is that there's a Just man him. sitting on the bed. Which is a pretty clear indicator. Yeah, that guy bit the big one. But so basically what we're seeing is sort of, like, a flash forward of, like, she's she's experiencing time different now. Yes. Right? That's how I took it. It's yes. like, now that she's clearly dead, because obviously, I, I mean, I don't think the movie tries to fool you, right? No, she's dead. No, no. And she's now experiencing time differently. It's just in a fast forward, because, like, what does time mean to anyone who's dead, right? Yeah. And so, like, she, but she's still confused. So she's like, oh, Riley, oh, Jade, you know, but nobody can hear her, so they all ignore her. And she, she sees, sees her, her dad. dad. Her yeah. dad is leaving the hospital, but he's, like, limping, you know, probably because he's got, like, a fucking fake... You know, like re- he respirator or something coming out of his throat because <laughs> she fucking lost a lot of blood. Yeah, and also severed like all sorts of arteries there. But 
you know, she's, and then she sees like the dead guy, you know, who's suddenly doing a lot better. (laughs) Um, and then like, um, what does she go through like a door or something? And then everything is like black. Well, the, the, she tries to get her dad's attention and then the door is closed and then all the lights start turning off Mm. and then she's left in total darkness. Such a good, like, yeah. Such a good then we shot. Get, we get this awesome shot where it's like you hear the striking of a match mm-hmm. and then you see her close up on her face like side profile. So you just kind of see the light outlining the edge of her face and her hair. <sighs> and she so turns good. towards this light and walks towards yeah, it. Yeah, it's in like this darkness. candlelight in like it's complete darkness and there's like a candlelight way in the distance. And she walks towards it. It's just like this hand like that's a human outstretched hand. next to this candle, and you can't see the rest of the body until she grabs the hand, and then you see from her perspective, it's like all these like Middle Eastern guys. It's like Greek dudes. It's like a bunch of Greek dudes, <laughs> like speaking Greek, like and just being. And, but they're basically it, it's it's the reaction that everybody else in the rest of the movie has to when. Like, like the one dude is like, oh shit. Like, you know, you can see, you basically, you see that now she's on the other side. Yes. Which is such a perfect way to end the movie because it goes that she's on the other side and then it goes back to her face and she's just like uncomprehending. Like she's, she she kind of, it's like sort of like she doesn't know what's happening until she grabs that hand. Uncomprehending is a great way to put it. Yeah. Like she, it's like she... And she, her face, the way this actress, like, sells it is, like, she, you can see the last second of the movie is, like, Mia realizing. And it's, like, now she knows movie over. Yeah. Like, it's... Cut to black. It's so Roll brutal. Credits. It's so fucking brutal. Now, I, I do have to say, the one thing that is, like, I, I read online, a lot of people were, like, super back and forth about it. My, like, final headcanon of the movie is that the ending, Mia died because Jade pushed her into traffic. That's my, like, like, because, like, Jade wasn't around for all of these, like, because Mia never really talks to anybody about what she's actually feeling. Yeah. Right? Like, she never has any solid conversation about, like, I feel this. Like, she just kind of, like goes through the motions with all the characters through the movie, but she never actually states how she feels about anything. Yeah. So by the end of the movie, nobody knows what's going on, and all Jade can is, can kind of, like, comprehend is that, like, Mia tried to kill her dad. She, like, I blame her still for, like, she's trying to fuck my boyfriend. She's, she, I blame her for what happened to my brother, and now she's wheeling him into traffic, Granted, she Mia decided the last second to not do it, but how is Jade gonna know what's going on in Mia's mind? I think that like Jade is because because also like the like you don't really it's not like it's not like Mia like you know swan dove into traffic like you only see like when the car hits her like you only see like a little bit like almost like she was like shoved like she right? fell off the curb like she fell yeah. yeah. I think Mia just, or, or I think Jade was just like, I can't, like, it's, it's her or my brother, yeah. you know, pushes her. Like, I I agree with you. I think Jade does push her off the edge, but I think the reason she lets go of the cart, like the, the wheelchair, is because the wet lady doesn't call her me. 
she calls her Mia at the oh, end. Oh yeah. She calls her me through a lot of it, which is like her, her pet which name, is her initial thing. To, yeah. Where she's like, oh, that's the signal that I know it's my mom. And then at the end, she calls right. her Mia, and Almost that's like, when she's like, oh, that's because the wet lady gets a little too loosey goosey. Yes. Which she's like, ah, it's a, it's in the bag now. Yeah. I get both of them. Yeah. You know, but then, but she lets it end. So, but it's too late at that it's point. It's too late. Yeah. Jade doesn't know anything that's going on. And she pushes right her. into traffic, and yep. it's just so it's so tragic. It's it's like Oedipus. It's like so Shakespearean. It's like so Greek tragedy. This whole movie. a lot of mom stuff going on in both. Different, different, different mom kind stuff. of mom stuff, different but still mom, mom stuff. stuff. It, but it's like, but it's so brutal, and there's just no, there is no happy ending. It, it's just a tragedy that's like could have been avoided. But also could not have been, right? Because, like, you can't... Like, there's nothing any of these characters could have done, right? Like, it's not like in a lot of scary movies where you could be like, if only this person just did that because they're an idiot. Like, none of these people are, like, stupid. They're just, like, dealing with, like, things that are beyond their comprehension. I would argue that you could probably (laughs) stop using the hand and then you wouldn't, like, go crazy enough to kill your dad on accident. But But, that's just me. Well, well, but that's the thing about addiction, right? And especially when you're getting such gratification from your addiction where it's like, oh, well, if I keep doing this, I get to talk to mom every night, you know? Like, it's, it's so, it, and that's just so brutal about it. It's like, you can't even fault, like, the characters, even if they're as flawed as any of them might be. Like, you just can't, it's, it, you can't really blame any of them. And it's just so sad, so brutal, but also not as overwhelmingly, like, devastating as hereditary at the same time. Yes. You know? Yes. It still has fun moments where you're like, like, you get a nice break. So I like it's just it's so fun but also so scary and so sad. Like it's just very emotional. I, I like I don't I don't think it's necessarily for like every like popcorn horror viewer, you know? Like yeah. who's like, Oh, I just like I like Scream. That's the only movie I watch you know? Like there's you know, you not you know, nothing against those movies obviously, but like There's a um there's a a post that flows around the internet which is the like horror movie iceberg, right? Where like the tip of the iceberg is like some of the worst horror <laughs> movies that like most general people have seen. And then the bottom of the iceberg is like snuff films. Yeah. <laughs> and like I would think this probably floats in like that first ring at the very top. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, your average horror viewer probably won't like put this on their like top 10 or like top three or even their top one but like for guys like us who see a lot of it it's like okay that's a pretty fucking good one let's slot that in there but it's definitely not as bad as some of the other shit yeah i would say it's it's on like the second or third ring outside of like normal like pop culture (laughs) like this is a scary movie yeah yeah but man, this this was a really good one, and I'm glad that it was one of the ones that like we're ju- we're just able to talk about because the studio's like super cool. Yeah, you know? like I would have hated to watch this movie and not be able to like put it out there to be like this yeah. is so good. Like you have to watch this. You know, it would have it would have killed me. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I didn't get to talk about Pearl. 
No. Like what? A, what? A, what a world. No, no our brains would have leaked out of our fucking ears. Yeah, I, oh, and that probably would have likely happened with this one. It's just so good. We would have had some sort of internalized, like, <clears throat> subconscious trauma if we didn't get. We would have had a scab. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I'll scab for talk to me. <laughs> that's all right. They're from Australia, anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's talk to me. I, like, if you've listened this far, like, you probably already watched it anyway. But watch it again. Yeah. Give, it, give it another view yeah. and tell everybody else to watch it. You know, it, it's just, it's just so good. I think a lot of people can get at least something out of it. I would say in the same way that the hand is like a great party, like favor. I would say if you're trying to show people a good horror movie, like this is a good one to sit like, you know, five people down and be like, Hey, you're going to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I wouldn't put like I wouldn't play it like for like a party <laughs> for like the rave that like uh that one mom is no. at in the beginning of no. the movie where she's like cutting vegetables. You know? <laughs> There's like a strobe like going on. I wouldn't put it on for that party, but a smaller one, you know. I mean one of the middle of the movie In parties. intimate viewing. Yeah. But yeah. Fantastic movie. Everybody go check it out. Um I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Um as always, you know, get you know, please like, subscribe Give us a review, because uh, all that stuff always helps. Um, check us out uh, uh, Twitch TV. Matt X Young. That's where me and Eric will do. We do our like weekly Twitch streams. We're playing the Resident Evil games right now. Uh, we're about to finish those up, so we're gonna hit up some other games soon. Um, anything else? Anything else to plug? I think we're uh, uh go buy Dylan's variant. Oh yeah, Dylan Snook uh, from from our Dead, our by Dead by Daylight episode, the artist of the Dead by Daylight comic issue three is out now. A really good variant cover for issue three is out uh, by him. So go pick up that issue, and if you can pick up his variant. Um, other than that, uh, stay tuned. I think our next episode, me and Eric are going to see an opera. So, Ooh, so uh, yes, that's right. So stay tuned for for what for what an what an opera episode is going to be like because that <laughs> one's going to be really fun. Uh, but don't worry, it's applicable. It's a horror opera. It is. So we'll 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 have fun talking about that one soon. Um, and I think that's yeah. it. Until then, you know, as always, creep it real, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next episode.